Phil also, Bolton's after a after a head injury, ma'am, shouldn't you be sitting down? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yikes. Oh, she could have a concussion. Yeah. That's probably why she slept with Sawyer because no one in their right mind. <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. My ideal picnic, which is our fun fact, my ideal picnic, first of all, would be inside. Okay. Um, I'm already excited about this. Party. Yeah, I feel like just like sitting on the floor of like your living room, and then we have soup, okay, tomato soup and grilled cheeses, and you dunk the grilled cheeses into the ma- tomato soup. It's my favorite lunch. I love this choice. Yeah, and iced tea. Oh, of course, of course, Ooh, love iced tea. And the blanket is fuzzy. Oh, of course, like nice and fluffy and comfy. Yeah, I think that the main thing that I don't like about picnics is the bug element. Mm-hmm. And the wind element, you know, if you have some napkins, you're like, well, there they go. <laughs> Off into forever. Okay. So I think that putting a picnic indoors would make it ideal for me mainly, but then those little extra things as well. Thank <laughs> you. This has been a full minute of me talking about tomato soup. It sure was a full minute of you talking about tomato soup. Yeah. Well, you are a tomato soup stand, so that it's makes true. sense. It's true. It's true. Anyway, it's time for me to introduce myself. Yeah, I'd love to hear about your picnic. Can't wait. Okay, great. <laughs> My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist. Nope. I'm not 29. No. I'm sad. <laughs> when am I? I want to be 29 again. Try again. <laughs> My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And my ideal picnic is also indoors or on a beach. Mm. I love beaches. Yeah. Can't agree with this, but I respect you. Okay. Well, things are raised, so they're not, like, on... Gotcha. So your ideal picnic would be on a table? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, or or you have, like, you know, those, like, little TV trays? Yeah. Or, like, you prop them up, like, laptop trays? Okay. And, um, so the food is not touching the sand. Okay. The most important part of this is the food doesn't touch the sand. Yeah. And, um, it's basically, like, all, like, um, charcuterie. So, like, Mm. meats and cheeses and crackers and things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um... That's my ideal picnic. That's great. And so did you have any thoughts on like who you were picnicking with? Probably uh, my fiance. Yeah. Mm, Okay. Yeah. 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 I'd probably say either like us all here in this roommate square that Mm -hmm. we've got going on here or like my whole family on my, like usually on my mom's side because those are the ones that I like eat with. Okay. Okay. And our guest this episode is Isra. Hi, my name is Isra. I'm a 20-year-old student from Southern Ontario, and my Hogwarts house is Slytherin. My ideal picnic would be outside, um, summertime. I like burgers, although the one thing I would need to have there is pie. Is yeah, of course. I don't think you can have a picnic without pie. What what kind of pie? Mm, probably if it's the summer, like cherry pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for Lost, who are some of your favorite characters? Uh, my main favorite character is Hurley. I just, he's mm-hmm. just so nice all the time. I just, I don't know. I like, I just really appreciate him. And then I like Juliet, Faraday, Richard Alpert, and Rose. Those are, that's a great list. That's a fantastic <laughs> list. Um, and I know this is a big question, but what does lost mean to you? I, a couple years ago in 2016, um, someone I followed online his name is Steve Zaragoza. I don't think that's necessarily relevant, but like (laughs) (laughs) he started watching Lost and like, I'm pretty young. So like when Lost was coming out, I was like five, but I I was like a teenager. I 
heard about this show called Lost and he was some, someone I followed online. So I just kind of started watching it with him and it was just became one of my favorite shows Mm -hmm. it just like consumed my brain like I had like all this fun time like with theorizing and like shipping and it was just just so such a fun year for me like at the end of high school it's just so great and it's like one of those shows where you can watch it over and over again and it just gets better after every time just I love it (laughs) see that's so that's so relatable because the reason why I watched Lost was like half because my parents already had the season one DVD, but also because like this band who did Wizard Rock also had like an album that was all about Lost. And I was like, well, I want to be able to understand, understand and appreciate this. Yeah. And it just of- ended up being the best decision ever. Yeah. A lot of like television for me is like watching it with other people. That's why I like mm-hmm. your podcast so much because it's like, oh, I get to watch shows and then there's people also watching with me. It's great. <laughs> it's, I love that too. I love I love when people get back to us about um, their thoughts on what we said. And I'm just like, see, it's a conversation. And that's the point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that. And where can we find you online? Um, I'm on Twitter at Istra Glass. It's an Ira Glass joke. I love it. I remember when I said your Twitter like the first time on one of the podcasts and I said and you were like, that's a beautiful name. Brittany was like, that's a beautiful name. I was like, I think it's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. My sister. No one ever said I was smart. (laughs) My sister watches this or watches, listens to This American Life and Mm -hmm. (laughs) she, she, what did she put her Twitter name as? She put her Twitter name as Shima LaBeouf, like, like a ripoff of Shia. Yeah. I was like, wait, LaBeouf? (laughs) Yeah. And then she was like, oh, you should put your name as Istra Glass because like that's close enough. And I was like, oh, that that I guess that sounds nice. Okay, I will. And it's nice and short too. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. Cool. And then, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Did my fun fact already. Today we have words to say about episode 220 of Lost, Two for the Road. So uh, Two for the Road, this episode shares its title with a 1967 movie starring Albert Finney and Audrey Hepburn. It was considered somewhat experimental for its time because the story is told in a non-linear fashion, which is kind of like this show, uh, with scenes from the latter stages of the relationship juxtaposed with those from its beginning, often leaving the viewer to extrapolate what has intervened, which is sometimes revealed in later scenes. It's also very uh, 500 Days of Summer. Also does something similar to that. So that's pretty cool. Um, The title Two for the Road refers to Anna Lucia and Christian Shepard going to Australia, as well as both Anna Lucia and Libby being shot by Michael. Yeah. Uh, The broadcast date was May 3rd, 2006. It was written by Elizabeth Sarnoff and Christina M. Kim, who are a top-notch duo in the writing team, I have found. Um, They won... Oh, sorry. They were nominated for a WGA award for writing for an episodic drama for this episode. Hmm. Interesting. Like this episode. Interesting. Especially when they, yeah. Like of all the episodes. I thought it was interesting just because like they had most recently written Dave, which was like three episodes ago. And I don't, I don't know. It was directed by Paul Edwards. Edwards made his directorial debut for Lost in the second season for the episode What Kate Did. He has since returned every season to direct an episode. Behind the in-house director's Jack Bender and Stephen Williams. Edwards has directed the most episodes with a final tally of 10, including some of my very favorites. So good for him. I appreciate him. Yeah. And then uh, before we get started here, I just have a couple of fun facts just about the episode in general. And all of this is from Lostpedia. Y'all all know this. This episode features the only three-way past character connection in a scene on Lost. Anna Lucia and Christian, Jack's father, are sitting in the car and as he's opening the door hits Sawyer. So that's the only three-way character connection on the show. Um, as well, uh, following the dramatic cliffhanger of this episode, the closing title is not accompanied by the usual thud sound. 
I think this is one of the first times it happens potentially, but like I feel like in later seasons it happens more often. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Brittany's going to do the recap of the episode. She's going to try and do it in less than a minute. Either way, she's going to be sped up like a little chipmunk. So cute. Okay. We're, I'm going to do this summary and it's going to be way over a minute. Damn it. Okay. That's all right. All right. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Here we go. Jack and Kate find Michael. Jack wants to go after whoever left him there, but Kate convinces him to help instead. And Jack actually listens. Wow. Anna chats with Henry and gets a little too close to him. He attacks her and tries to kill her. What a jerk. Locke hits him in the head with his crutch, which I'm sure isn't symbolism. Libby and Anna discuss what happened and how Anna super wants to kill Henry. Locke asks Henry why he tried to kill her and not Locke. Thought they were friends? Thought he was special. Henry says it's because Locke is good and that Henry has failed his mission, so he's probably just gonna die. Jack and Kate arrive with Michael. Anna tries to get a gun from Sawyer, but only succeeds in riling him up about Kate. Hurley asks Saeed for dating advice and gets a hot tip about a cool beach. Anna sneaks up on Sawyer in the jungle. Take yourself on a cool beach. (laughs) (laughs) Anna sneaks up on Sawyer in the jungle and they bone instead of doing anything constructive. Michael wakes up and tells the hatch crew that the others live in tents, have low numbers, and that he didn't see Walt with them. Jack and Locke decide to get the guns. Hurley and Libby fail to find the beach because Hurley is bad at directions. They decide to split up and get proper supplies to have a proper picnic. Jack, Locke, and Kate threaten Sawyer instead of asking him nicely, so they get no guns out of him. Jack pulls his own gun on him and asks where the guns are. Sawyer realizes Anna stole it and Locke spills the beans that Henry attacked her. Uh oh. Anna frees Henry and intends to kill him, but can't. Michael says he'll do it for her. He gets the gun and shoots Anna instead. Libby walks into the hatch and surprises Michael, who shoots her too. He opens Henry's cell, then shoots himself in the shoulder. <laughs> in the flashback, Anna's mom confronts her and says she basically knows that Anna killed Jason, the man who tried to kill her. Anna quits the force. She meets Christian Shepard at an airport bar. He offers her a job as a bodyguard, but only if they use like fake names. So like, ooh, but wouldn't they see each other's names when they were like boarding the plane? Anyway, they don't use their real names, and so she's Sarah and he's Tom. In Australia, Christian comes off a like four-day bender and visits a blonde woman who he kind of super attacks. Anna stops him. They hit up a bar. Anna is done running. She leaves Christian behind, who almost runs into Sawyer. Anna sees Jack talking about burying his father and decides to call her mom and come come clean. That was so much longer than a minute. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, So the first one we're going to talk about is the Hurley storyline, which is actually like I found very small compared to the Anna one. I I felt like I was doing notes for Anna, 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 and Hurley only comes in like halfway through the episode. It's teeny tiny. Just a baby. Just a baby storyline. All right. So this is my summary for the first scene in the Hurley storyline. Here we go. Hurley approaches Saeed, who is digging a hole. (laughs) Classic. He'd like the radio they found so that he can play music for Libby during their date. Saeed tells Hurley that the radio doesn't work. Hurley knows that Libby will say it's the thought that counts. He references say anything and wants to hold the radio over his head. Speaking of over his head, the reference goes over Saeed's. (laughs) Thank you. Wow. Saeed suggests the beach that he took Shannon to for Hurley's date. What's Saeed digging? I have no idea. I was- Oh my god. I really wanted to know, but I couldn't figure it out. It's just weird because like when Saeed was building those- he was like building something with with Charlie earlier this season. I remember us being like, "What are they building?" And it turned yeah. out to be like the pantry slash like table. Oh right, right, type right, of right, thing right. where like Bernard was like, "Why?" The last episode, he's like, "Why are we all still here? Why do we all have nice things?" Yeah. Um. And then like last episode, I believe Anna was like building something, and I still don't know what that was. But Saeed's digging this hole, and I don't know what for. Like, I, I f- love that this is like a running joke that everyone's always doing something vaguely productive, but you never know what it is. You never know what it is. I. And I don't know what it is. Do you uh, want to make something up? That's the thing is I feel like they show up on set and they're like, ah, oh, Saeed has to be doing something. Because mm. he's always doing something. Always yeah. being productive. Give Naveen a shovel. Don't ever know, really. <laughs> Give Naveen yeah. a shovel to stand there and look handsome. And you know what? He does it so well. What could he possibly be digging? Especially in the middle of the camp. 
Yeah, and it's like it's not like it's in like just a like it's like so close to the kitchen, and yeah. like I feel like someone's just gonna walk by and then fall into it. Yeah, like hey, I almost rolled my ankle. That was really irresponsible, Saeed. <laughs> Saeed, that's really out of character for you. Saeed's What's going like, on here? Might be. I just needed some exercise. <laughs> yeah, like. Like, if you're going to, like, if it had been, like, on the outskirts of the camp, I would have been like, okay, it's a poop hole. Oh, my God! <laughs> but that, but it's in the middle of camp, so that doesn't make sense. Why are you like this? Right? Yes. <laughs> I, I, am I wrong? Like. You're not wrong. I'm just <laughs> upset about it. No, you're right. I just don't know what it could possibly be in this context. And I don't, I want to, like, make up something, but it, I just can't make There's sense of it. So I don't, up, like- I don't know. Either way. He's he's digging something. Maybe he's just like moving the sand around for some reason. Sure. You know how sometimes you need to rake sand? Yeah. Sometimes he's like we're it's part of the golf. Oh, wait. It's beside the kitchen, is it not? Maybe he's digging a hole to like put things in to make them cold or something. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, last yeah, like wait, last that's episode. A good idea. Last episode I had mentioned like some sort of freezer because like Echo was building a church and Bernard was so mad about that cuz literally like why is that? Why do you need to do that? What why? I I I would also be mad at him yeah. though. Like like what are you doing? Can you not like pray? Do you like can you not pray without like a building? Do you need a whole like building to pray in? Like do we have time for this? Me literally um, none of all of them are sleeping in like lean-tos that don't that have like barely any I, rain like, coverage. He's like he like full on performed a full on baptism earlier this <laughs> <laughs> without a church. He does not need the church. Like he goes on and like talks with Locke with like sermons and stuff like that. He's fine and he has a Bible. Like he's all good. He has a stick with his like stuff on it. Yeah, yeah. Like he's fine. And now he's like, no, I need to build a building because there are so many Catholics. I know <laughs> on this island. There's like fifty of us, and like I just need to build this church for all of us. Speaking of, here's one, and Charlie's like, I'll help. I have nothing else to do. No, like, the plot twist is that he's actually only doing it because he's, like, the only thing he can think to get Charlie to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, we need to give that, this man something This to man do. needs a purpose. You need to be productive. Yeah. So, Hurley's gonna hold the radio over his head even if it doesn't work, which is really sweet. I like that Hurley wants to, like, half put the effort in, where he's like, I, it's the thought that counts. Like, yeah. he already knows, like, it's not gonna work, but he's like, okay, so I'll kind of put the effort in, but I don't have to go all the way because we can't fix it anyway. Yeah. That's my man. Yeah. Hey man, remember that radio we made? I was thinking maybe I could get it to play some music. You know, for Libby. Well, it worked only once and then just for a minute. I tried several times since and only gotten static. Here's the thing, even that would be good. Because then Libby would be like, it's a thought that counts and I'll score major points, especially when she sees me holding it over my head. And why would you hold a static generating radio over your head? They didn't have to say anything in Baghdad? It's awesome. This dude like gets his boombox and he holds it over his head outside this chick's window and he plays some Peter Gabriel song for her and bam, the girl's like his. I mean, after her dad goes to jail. But then he gets her. I think I get the idea. You should really check it out sometime. I mean, if we ever, you know, get off this island. I really appreciated this this one moment where Hurley says, "Isn't don't you have say anything in Baghdad? And it sounds like vaguely something that Sawyer would say. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ooh, yikes. But I looked it up and Baghdad is actually the capital of Iraq, which is where Saeed is from. Which like- Which seems, yeah. So it's maybe- It's like shocking that he would know that. So maybe yes. he actually knew that? Because he's- That just seems so like, didn't he- did Was he not the person that like mixed up 
like Chinese and Korean like yep. last season. So, and now he's like multiple times. I know exactly where you're maybe he just talks to Saeed in his free time, but like it's just seems <laughs> so weird. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like or maybe he like did say something vaguely racist and then like just like took a shot in the dark and he was right by accident. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? It just seems like such a weird, like correct fact for him to know. Yeah. Because he's yeah. clearly like he got lost trying to find a beach on an island that they can't leave. <laughs> How does he know where Baghdad is? Oh, uh, yeah. So I said it comes across like a Sawyerism, but it isn't, question mark. Or maybe it is, and it was just like accidentally accurate. Either way. Hey, nice. Hey, Hurley and Saeed can watch Say Anything as a date. That sounds nice. Doesn't that sound nice for them? I mean, they're both like, yeah. single now, so. Brittany, <laughs> that's not very nice. Oh. <laughs> uh. I was, I'm. I don't have an excuse. <laughs> I was trying to come up with an excuse, but like, I hate the whole Libby storyline. So I like Libby for the record. I just hate that her entire invention was for her to get fridged to give Hurley some angst. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that now or do you want to talk about it later? No, we'll talk about it later. Okay. It's a 30 minute walk away. Um, so that's about three kilometers. Wow. I think he says three kilometers, which is about a 30 minute walk away, I guess is the point that I was okay. making. Um, so Hurley's like, we've walked about 30 minutes, I guess. But it's Shannon's Me when beach. I've walked five minutes. <laughs> And I guess the beach is cursed or something because bad things keep happening. However, they never actually made it to the beach. Oh, yeah. So maybe not. I don't know. I mean, okay. The interesting thing was Hurley went to the guy who most recently lost his romantic interest and was like, hey, I have a date idea. Can you help me out? <laughs> he was like, that's not very nice. It's like, Hurley, buddy, I understand so much, but oh my God. Mm-hmm. Hurley prepares for the date by gathering food. Libby asks him what he's doing and he reveals his surprise plan. I... I kind of liked the moment, like we both had our reservations about the Hurley and Libby storyline on the island in Dave. We had a bit of a problem with it because it just seems like Libby's whole point was just to further Hurley and Hurley only really talked about himself around Libby and she never really said anything about her. Yep. But I did really like this moment where Hurley is like putting food in his bag and he's like, uh oh, busted. And Libby thinks that um, he's talking about like the food. Yeah. But he's not. Oh yeah. Yo, I didn't even think about it that way. I thought he just thought about the food and yeah, it was actually that he was planning something. Yeah. But she, I like that she clarifies. She says, I'm not like the food police. Because she's not his therapist? Yeah. Because she's not his mother. Yeah, exactly. But he wants everything to be a surprise. And that's kind of all that's in that scene, unless you guys have anything to add. No, not really. It's just like a small, sweet scene. Yeah. Where they're just nice to each other and it's cute. Exactly. Uh, Hurley's lost in the jungle. Libby thinks they've passed the same tree three times. That is a tongue twister. Hurley finally finds the beach, but it's their same beach. Jin is even there. (laughs) She asks what he's packed and it turns out he's not very prepared at all. Libby offers to go to the hatch and get the blankets. How do you blow it that badly? Like he literally only thought of one thing. I will get food and that's all. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Bless his heart. He didn't even think to like bring anything to sit on. Like what did he think they were going to (laughs) do? Like just sit on a sand hill and get sand fleas? I mean, he said, I want to have a picnic and like you have to have food for a picnic. But then he didn't think about anything else. So like, I I mean, he got, he checked the whole, the main boxes. Like, it's one of his very first dates ever. Yeah. And he's trying to do all the planning himself. So, yeah, respect. He's little. So he mentions that he was in the hospital, but then he's just like, for a broken hip. Not because 
I had a breakdown or anything. I, and it's like, oh, you did that. It's okay. I don't know. I wonder about that. Cause like, I, I understand there's like a lot of a stigma, but you would think he knows that she's a psychi- psychologist. Right. And so it's strange that he would think that she would have a stigma against it. I mean, it's like, maybe he doesn't want to share and that's totally fine. But like, yeah, I, it's interesting knowing that she was also in the same place in Santa Rosa. Yeah. Um, mental hospital, but also finding that their relationship seemed a little bit more, especially in Dave, seemed more doctor patient than we would have liked. Yep. Yeah. In that episode in particular, um, I still don't think that he particularly wants her to see him as a patient. Okay. So I wonder if maybe that's part of it is that like, even though he knows that she worked in that sort of place, like she doesn't, he doesn't want her to be thinking of him as a patient. Agreed. That's true. I think that might, that could be it. No, I think that's totally it. But she's also been in the mental hospital in the same one for, but we don't really know the reason. And uh, now that we know that she dies, we don't really find out. Which is kind of too bad. Once again, like more proof that they never intended for Libby to have much of a backstory. Yeah. He says that he's not lost, which is the same thing Bernard said last episode. (laughs) And he wasn't lost, but Hurley is lost. He actually wasn't lost, but Hurley is. Yeah. I think I made super lost. I made the same point, but like most men, when you ask them if they're lost, they say they are not lost. Yeah. And Hurley (laughs) is the stereotype in this moment. Yeah. Has Hurley ever been to this beach? Like the beach that Saeed told him about? I mean, I I I feel like only Saeed and Shannon have been to that beach. I remember when Hurley went looking for Rousseau back in season one, like Saeed had been to the beach where he found the cord going to Rousseau yeah. and some uh, and into the ocean. Okay. Winky, winky wink. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure that it won't come back later. No, it won't. And Hurley followed and went to that same place as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know which direction that is, but, uh, or if Saeed had said like, it's in like when he found that beach at the beginning of season two, if he had said like, I found it when I was searching for Rousseau or, I don't think he was searching for Rousseau. No. When he was trying to map the island, I think yeah. that's what he was trying to do at the time. If it was like in that direction or not. So I guess my question was like, has Hurley ever been to this beach? Was it the same beach as the one on the way to Rousseau's, I guess? I don't think it's the same beach. I think no. it's just a little hidden beach. How long did it take him to get to Rousseau's? Was it not like, it's like, oh, Saeed's gone for like a week or something like that. And then he was there. Or it, had, it was something. It, yeah, it had been a week, which was confusing because it took Hurley an afternoon to get there. Maybe it was because Saeed oh, yeah. was like mapping stuff. Maybe, yeah, he just took his time. I don't know. That may that may take a while. But yeah, I don't. Hmm. <laughs> time continuity with this, it's like, oh, <laughs> it sometimes fine. it takes like a crazy long time and sometimes it doesn't. The island yeah. is weird. You kind of got to just like suspend disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same beach. Uh, oops. Um, but he needs to go get blankets and wine. And Hurley seems really surprised by the fact that she wants to drink. Yeah. And why? Why would that surprise him? Maybe if he gets drunk, he'll remember why she's familiar, and she's not interested in that. That was a super weird thing to say, just for the record. Yeah, considering that was the last thing that he ever said to her. Yeah. yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> I remember there being this really weird moment at the end of Dave when they like had their kiss on the cliff and then they walked away and her face changed right and we thought okay well it's just kind of like a weird moment because like they have to have some sort of like suspense at the end of the episode yeah I don't think we really need to read too far into it but I totally forgot that she remembers him from the hospital oh my god she totally does so like if you don't want to be found out that you used to be in the hospital, why would you pursue the person who could recognize you? 
Do you think she had a crush on him when she was in the hospital? And she just never spoke to him, really? Yo. And now she's, like, just, like, not not stalking him, because, like, you can't, like, make this happen. Like, she Mm -hmm. didn't make the plane crash, and she didn't make him be on the plane. Right. But, like, it it is kind of, like, it, it is kind of, like, a little creepy. It kind of feels like fate, but like if fate had a really like weird, creepy uncle side. I get it. Like yeah. you have a crush on a guy like three years ago and then you have a major glow up and you're like, now I get to shoot my shot. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Yeah, like, yeah. Can you imagine she spent like, like high school reunion, but make it like yeah. institutionalized. <laughs> yeah. So like <laughs> she spends horrible, horrible time on the other side of the island. And then when she gets here and they're all having that big reunion at the end of collision, 206. Yeah, 206, that is, I think. Girl, I don't know. Wait, might be 208. Anyway, doesn't matter. Then she, like, comes up and she sees Hurley and she's like, oh, man, no kidding, huh? That is so crazy. (laughs) That would be exciting. That would be like, wow, okay, maybe now's my moment. This is so random. (laughs) So she clearly remembers him and then we just have that gin thumbs up moment, which is, like, an iconic gif. It's like, do you remember that one time where, um... I think it actually was in collision. And then Jin and Sun came out of their tent and then Hurley gave him a thumbs up. Yeah. And then it's just like he's giving a thumbs up back because he knows what's happening. He's like, oh, you're on a date. Great. I uh, will also give you a thumbs up. Wait, that's so cute. He's, oh, he thinks, he's like, that's what you do. Yeah. That's what you do when you're, when you're. <laughs> that's what you do. You're like, great job. He's like, that's an American, uh, it's an American thing. Thumbs Be up. Like- like ah yes this is this is what you do thumbs up he's like i remembered that's cute i love that that's it for the hurley storyline um but of course we know that libby then goes into the other storyline and gets shot by michael do you i think now is the a good time to talk about that Brittany, if you'd like to oh yeah i guess because like this is more like the hurley libby part yeah i'm swallowing licorice why are you (laughs) eating licorice because i wanted to okay so there was like i really liked libby like as a character just for the record it's just that i was so bummed that she was so clearly never going to be someone that they were going to develop like they literally gave her complexity to make hurley losing her hurt more which that's that's fridging like that's just fridging like that's killing a woman to further a man's story and i i hate that for her i hate that for us and i hate that for hurley because that character deserved so much better than to have that kind of like angst on him and like we never got to know her can you explain what fridging means for anybody who might not know Fridging is when you kill a woman to further a man's storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the the dead wife trope, you know, like it's always to give the male character angst. Right. And it's annoying as hell because like a role, a woman's role in someone's life is not to die. Right. Um, to give them complexity, you know? Yeah. Um, Michelle Rodriguez was only slated for one season. So we understand why Anna Lucia was killed, but, and, and Anna Lucia was killed for shock value. So they didn't really need to add on the extra shock of killing Libby. Um, why did they do that? It was just extra shock, I think. Weird. There was some like behind the scenes stuff that happened i think but i don't know i don't like i mean it's not an excuse but yeah of course there's always like extenuating circumstances that kind of not not excuse but explain yeah Yeah. it it feels weird internally like in the storyline it just it feels really strange like anna lucia like dying doesn't i mean it does it feels weird to like arc her character and it like comes to this like nice like wonderful arc where she's like i won't be like this anymore and then it's like oh she's dead but then with Libby it's just like it feels like her character is going somewhere and there feels like there's more Mm -hmm. momentum to her story but then it's just suddenly cut off it doesn't it feels really unnatural and like uncomfortable exactly Mm -hmm. so it was like well what was what was the goal here Kate and Jack are still with Michael in the light him up clearing 
Just light him up. Like light him up. Jack considers still searching for the others, but Kate convinces him to do the logical thing and help her take Michael back to the hatch. So what makes Jack go against his instincts and come back to Kate? I think his oath as a physician. Mm-hmm. You think mm-hmm. so? Yeah. He was so sure last episode about like staying there so it was actually surprising to me that he like chose to go back and help rather than just like run off into the middle distance like he usually does i don't know like it feels kind of strange that like he turns around but like the goal was to go get michael and walt and it's like oh half of my goal is finished i guess i can like finish the journey early maybe i don't know right yeah that's a good point he's like yeah i did it (laughs) kind of almost halfway (laughs) I climbed half the mountain. Yeah. Uh, It was hard. Yeah. (laughs) I can rest. So what was Michael running from? Do we know? He has an episode coming up called Three Minutes where we get a lot of uh, the stuff that we've missed about Michael. Um, But I don't believe we get exactly why he was running so fast. Because, like, they hear him, like yelling before he collapses i mean i i kind of thought it was the sheer exhilaration and fear that someone would catch him again Mm. you know like that he would be imprisoned again so he took his shot and made a run for it so do you think that the others had him and just released him or was he running far away because that was where kate and jack kind of splintered in their opinions oh Um, Because Kate said he's alone and Jack said they're out there. I don't know. Like, who knows? What else could he be running from? Exactly. Like, I thought he was alone because of, like, what I said earlier, which was he managed to escape from where he was. But why why would he start shouting then? Yeah. Yeah, Like, the loudness is what throws me off. Because, like, if you were trying to escape somewhere, you wouldn't want to draw attention to yourself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Damn it. We will never know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. When we watch three minutes, maybe, maybe I missed something. Okay. And I just don't remember, but... Okay. Anna prepares Henry's food, looking over at a sleeping lock. She enters the armory and tells Henry about all of the killers she's encountered as a police officer. They seem to love to talk, which is weird because he doesn't. Henry attacks Anna, telling her that she's the killer for killing two of his people. Locke wakes up and rescues Anna, knocking Henry out with his crutch. So, a lot of convenient timing here. Locke was asleep. Mm-hmm. If Henry hadn't made so much noise, like like Anna dropping the plate of food, like if that hadn't been so loud, yeah. he might have gotten away with it. Or not necessarily gotten away kids. with it. What? If it weren't for you meddling kids. Yeah. Like not necessarily get away with it in the way that like, they'd be like, who did this? <laughs> but in the way that like, he would have actually killed her. Yeah. But he makes too much noise. What an idiot. Like. He hits her before he starts strangling her, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and the door is open. Yeah. Yeah. And locks asleep. I, I don't know. I would just like run. Like you got out. Right. You're done. You're fit. Like yeah. you don't need, like, it seems his goal there is to try to hurt Anna Lucia. It's not like to hit her and run away and like leave. It's, I don't know. It just seems very strange to me that like, I will throw away my escape attempt, my freedom that I've been asking for, for this week and a half that I've been here. And I'll just try to strangle her for no reason. So yeah, this is interesting. I, I, I think that it isn't necessarily said at the end of the episode, but it is implied. So I think that we can say that Michael is working for the others. Yeah. That's the reason why he's here. So it's weird because Henry has no way of knowing that Michael is on his way. You know what I mean? Like how, how, how is Henry, like there's no way for him to communicate with the other others to figure out what the plan is. Yeah. Okay, so then that begs the question, if he didn't run and he was intending to kill Anna, why is he intending to kill Anna? 
And I think it's because he thinks Anna and Saeed are his biggest threats in terms of his own survival. Which is weird. And being exposed because they were the two who figured out that he wasn't who he said he was. But Anna's the one who stopped Saeed from full-on killing Henry. But Anna's smarter than everyone else. Right. Like, I think in terms of intelligence, Jack and Locke are both smart men, but they're so obsessed with each other and they're with easy their to own intelligence that he can play them like fiddles. But with Anna and Saeed, they've been through so much that they see right through him. Right. So she's saying, like, killers love to talk, which, like, is evidenced by any Batman. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and of course, he's whispering on purpose. He's speaking really, really, really softly so that she'll get closer to him. If I was Henry, I would have started laughing because she fell for it so easily. Right? <sighs> like, she started, like, bending down and I was like, no. Like, Why really? <laughs> Idiot bomb Come moment. on. Yeah, seriously. In Henry's head, he's like, there's no way this is this easy. There's no way. Oh my God, she's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. Okay, yeah, wait, great. So we already talked about this. My next note was, is he killing her so he can get away or does he want to stick around still? I I think in terms of like sticking around, like I think he wants to be there for as long as possible at Mm -hmm. this point because he's kind of unkillable. Right, somehow, which is weird. He's the cockroach of the island. Mm -hmm. It's like he still hasn't quite gotten Locke exactly where he wants to get him. And I think he's much closer later when Locke comes in and it's just like, but why not hurt me? And Henry's like, I can just drop this on you and you're going to think about it for three full days. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Oh, poor Locke. So is he actually, so the next question, is he actually trying to kill her or just incapacitate her so he can get away? Nah, I think he was definitely going for murder there. With like, why? Just well, it's supposed to be like I don't understand why people kill anyone, anyways. I don't know, it's just that's very true. strange. It's such a weird thing to do to someone. Well, like it's supposed to be revenge for killing the other two others, Jennifer and Goodwin. But like from what we've seen of Henry, why would he care? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even though even if I didn't know where this character goes, mm-hmm. I still don't buy that he would care about those people. Yeah. It just I don't know. Like, what is your point in being here, Henry? Why? Yeah. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to kill Anna Lucia? What is your what is what is your deal? Yeah. So we did uh, a rewatch of this episode this morning, and one point that Brittany had made was that like Anna is a trained police officer, yeah. and Henry is severely malnourished. Yeah. Like she should be able to get out of this. That was like. Sh- it was so shocking to me because I'm like Michael Emerson's scrawny little arms and then there's like this built Michelle Rodriguez and I'm like, I don't buy this for a second. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's all I had for that storyline. Or not storyline. Uh, I was scene. like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> oh, interesting. Do you guys have anything else for that scene or can I move on? No, I think you covered all my notes. Uh, Anna tends to the ouchie on her forehead back on the beach. Libby comes over and questions her about it. She tells her about Henry attacking her. She's really upset now. Libby tells her not to make any rash decisions. So she she's makes, make a rash. Some, makes some rash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, is that like the end of your summary? Yeah, that's the end. Okay, of so time. I have a question for both of you. Okay, what's the point of this scene? Like, I I understand like exposition stuff, but like, truly, what's the point of it? Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, you get some information in it, but it's like, we basically can get that information literally from... The flashbacks. Yeah. She's really fidgety. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Like, show off yeah, her may- discomfort and hmm. body language? I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe that she was, like, genuinely pretty shaken up by it. Because I think okay. the next time we see her is when she goes to see Sawyer, and she's already, like, really confident again. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it was meant to give us that, like, soft, I hate this phrase, but, like, the soft underbelly of Anna Lucia. I also hate that phrase, but I know that you're right. Yeah, before we get it in the flashbacks. 
Okay. I made that up. I, I don't know. S- no, I could see that. Like, they want to give you more of an emotional hook into her so that her death hurts more. Yeah. Which is a very writer thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My sentiments exactly. <laughs> so I noticed that she's wearing a ring. And this is the first time that I've ever noticed it. But then, like, when I kept looking through this episode, it's, like, all over the place. And she's wearing it. It looks like a... You know, it's the thickness of like a school ring. Oh, like, like a signet ring? But she's wearing it on her left hand on her ring finger. And that doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I wore rings on my ring finger that I wasn't supposed to. On your left hand? Yep. Oh, all right. Because it's like, why should that finger represent things? And now I have like a real diamond there and I'm like, nice. But like, <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe it could have been like a school ring, something that means a lot. Because the point of putting a ring on your left finger, on your left hand, sorry, is that that's like, you know, where your heart line is. Yeah. So, I mean, if you wanted to like dive deep into like the symbolism of a ring that Michelle probably forgot to take off, um, <laughs> it could be something that meant a lot to her and she wanted to keep it close to her heart. Right. I mean, if we can flip into the flashbacks real quick, like if you wear a ring on that finger, then maybe Christian Shepard won't creepily talk to you in a bar. There you go. <laughs> but she was wearing it then too. So I don't know. Yeah. In my experience, a ring has never stopped a man. Mm, okay. You know? Great. So she's stitching herself up. Um, You can ask for help, man. Yeah. I know that you don't want to, but you can. I know Jack isn't here, but like somebody will help you. Yeah, but I think for Anna, everything that happens to her, I think she believes is oh, like she deserves it. Right. So she has to solve her own problem. Mm-hmm. She got too close to Henry, so she has to patch herself up. Mm-hmm. Right. That's my girl. It's so sad. I it's really her. sad. It's a you know what? When you get to the end of the episode, it's just a really sad episode. Yeah, yeah. Of all of the Tailies, I just I really liked Anna Lucy, and I was so disappointed when she got killed off. I was about to ask you like, oh, we always ask like a couple polarizing questions, and yours was, oh, like, do you like Anna Lucia? And I'm really I glad that you do. Really liked her. Like she was just. It's not like she was she was intelligent, and like she she was this no nonsense person, and like she just she was just. One of those people where like they're doing something and you're not like constantly like questioning what are you doing? Like why why on earth mm-hmm. would you do that? Like that's so dumb. I mean, like some situations, like she didn't she was like in collision. <laughs> that was right. not necessarily yeah. like a good situation for her. But like a lot of the time she's like, Oh, I won't make the same mistake twice. Like I'll go try to find Henry's balloon and I'll try to keep everyone alive. I'll make sure that Bernard comes and holds on to that branch instead of right. climbing down himself. Like she always has like a like her head is on her shoulders and she's like always thinking things through and it's like making sense and I just yep. I really liked her and then she died and I was like, "But no. Ah. That was one of the yeah. few competent people on that <laughs> island." <Yeah. laughs> Like, Henry is really competent, but, like, for the wrong side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, Saeed's competent, but people don't listen to him, and I'm not entirely sure why. I, I yeah, I've, I haven't, I've made it a, like, not a secret on this podcast that it's, for, like, the many times I've rewatched this show, I've never really liked Annalisa much, but, and I definitely still wouldn't say that she's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Um, but I, after looking at her so critically um, for this entire season, I can say that I understand her a lot more mm-hmm. and can definitely appreciate her as a character, that's for sure. I also think for Anna Lucia, as you grow politically and socially, Anna Lucia becomes more understandable. Yeah. Because she's just a woman who's angry, mm-hmm. you know? And she's really passionate and she's so deeply flawed. And like a character like Anna Lucia is really hard to swallow. And the fact that this show tried it, like I do respect them for. And then of course, like I lose that because like they, they killed her. But I do like how at times Anna Lucia was entirely unlikable. 
Mm-hmm. And there were times when you couldn't like do anything but like feel for her. And like there was so much to her that when you lose her, you're like, oh crap, we just lost like a really complex female character. And of course, later, like, you know, we gain more. But I think Anna Lucia could have had a legacy on this show if Michelle had wanted to do more than one season. Mm-hmm. And similar to Jack, like, Jack is also unlikable a lot of the time. Um, he sure is, yeah. But I, as I've said before, they always do it on purpose. They're, Jack is unlikable when he's supposed to be unlikable. Exactly. And I think Anna is as well. She's unlikable when she's supposed to be unlikable. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that about her. Isra, what are your feelings on Jack? This is an important question as well. Uh, <laughs> I, like, he's not one of my favorite characters, but mm-hmm. I don't think I ever, like, actively hated him. Like, right. okay. he was just kind of there, and sometimes he did things that I liked, and sometimes he did things that I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, oh, well, he, yeah. Like, I don't know. Most characters for me are just like, oh, you exist in the show. And sometimes I like you and sometimes I don't. And there are very few characters that I'm like, oh, you're just the worst and I don't understand why I hate you. Yeah, yeah I think with Jack, Jack is always on my team, you know? Like, even That's if he true. doesn't do what I want him to do, he's always on my team. He's never yeah. actively working against, like, the the other characters that you care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or he's not handled handed an idiot ball that he can't then reclaim. Yeah. Which is, like, the big difference between this show and, like, a lot of other shows now is, like, he's not making stupid decisions because the plot needs him to make stupid decisions. He's making stupid decisions because sometimes his character does them. Yeah, and yeah. he believes that what he's doing is right, even exactly. though it's stupid. Yeah. He's, which is, he's yeah. pretty, like, prideful, which I think is, like, one of his, like, big issues. But, like, he really, really deeply cares, like, about mm-hmm. everything, which... It's really nice, but sometimes it goes a bit far. Yeah, exactly. So keeping with the theme of us asking like the main questions that we always ask, like where are your ship allegiances? Oh yeah, also very important. Hmm. Mm, I think like my main romantic ship was Suliet, which I just... Mm-hmm. Yes! Taste. It's just, it's just wonderful. And Taste. then like for friendships, I know this is strange, but I just... I always really wanted Hurley and Sawyer to just be friends. Like, yeah. they're just not friends, and I just desperately wanted them to be friends. And, like, I don't know. There's, like, some stuff in this episode where I'm like, see? They're friends. Like, that um, <laughs> that that book that Sawyer has, Hurley yeah. had it in, like, a previous episode. So I'm like, they're yeah. sharing things. They're yeah. friends. <laughs> Friendship. Here it is. I can build a theory off of this. I will. Awesome. So continuing on with this scene, uh, it could be a Bechtel test win, but they do talk about Henry. So alas, (laughs) but there is a Bechtel test win later. So yay. Well, I mean, we were talking about this earlier too, is like with the Bechtel test, there's not much complexity to it. And it's actually like, it was meant to be a test for queer characters Mm -hmm. that, you know, was then sort of become what it is now, which is two women have a conversation that isn't about a man. But for me, because male characters are often integral to the plot, as much as the female characters are. I think if you're passing the Bechdel test by not talking about a man in a romantic way, that's kind of like a half pass. Yeah. I would okay. say like, you get a 50% maybe. Okay. Because she's not talking about anything romantic, anything like that. She's talking about like a dude tried to kill her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. that's that's something, right? Right. It's different know. than like 
oh, does he like me? Mm -hmm. Exactly! Or, like, talking about his life and, like, how they can solve his problems. Mm -hmm. No, like, she's sitting there going, so I'm going to kill him. (laughs) Right. So if we don't pass the Bechdel test, then we will have to go in and look to see if we, if they pass the half Bechdel test now. Yeah. The, the B test, if you will. The Dell test. The Beck test. The Beck test. That's so much better. (laughs) So she's like, hey, the guy in the hatch tried to kill me. Just FYI. And then, so there's a different guy in the hatch that does kill her. Neat. Um, I think it's funny that Henry is killing Anna Lucia by sa- and saying, you're the killer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> while killing her. <laughs> like, okay. Okay, weirdo. Yeah. Uh, don't do anything stupid. Time to do something stupid. I mean, my favorite TV trope is someone says, don't do anything stupid. And you can just see on the other person's yeah. face, they're like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to risk it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Locke visits Henry in the armory again. He's tied up much more tightly now. Locke asks Henry why he tried to hurt Anna, but he never tries to hurt Locke. During the lockdown, he could have easily killed a very vulnerable lock but he doesn't or he didn't i guess sorry i don't know how to write henry tells him that he'll be killed by his people for failing his mission which was to get lock and deliver him back to the others lock wants to ask more questions but kate and jack arrive with michael so i feel like it's pretty clear that lock just wants to be told that he's special mm-hmm. you know i and <sighs> go ahead I, I feel so bad for lock like it's just he just he's a true tragedy he just really wants he just really wants this like island mission where he's like i mean like sometimes i really understand it like mm-hmm. he'll have like a super prophetic like dream where he sees a plane and then he'll wake up and like see the plane in real life and i'm like yeah i understand why you think you're special in this instance oh, yeah. because you like legitimately had like like a bible type dream mm-hmm. and it came true and it like i don't know that kind of stuff like genuinely makes sense to me like why you would think highly of yourself i guess right but then there's so like he always does this thing where he never m- takes care of the people that are around him. This is interesting. And, I've never heard yeah, this say before. more about that. Yeah. He just he has this really bad habit of just completely disregarding other people's well-being to like one to his own detriment and then to their like Boone died. Mm-hmm. not because like because he was like curious and like wanted to figure out this stuff and like he had this prophetic dream and like you go on that mission that's all fine and dandy but then like Boone died at the end of that like Boone's how old was Boone like 22 like he was a child essentially yeah like really yeah, young. I think I think he was so young yeah because because he was two years older than Shannon and Shannon's 20 so yeah he's 22 ah ouch which which is so that poor kid like i i mean i'm i'm calling him a kid and i'm younger than him but like <laughs> it's just i just i don't know and then he lies all of the time which is like makes situations oftentimes worse including in this episode which is just yeah specifically yep. in this episode it's just i don't hate Locke. it's just i'm always concerned about anyone that's around him because i know that he's not looking out for them and i don't think he doesn't care about them it's just he's just not mindful of their presence or their like i i don't know like i i'm they're an afterthought yeah like i'm the mom friend and so like it's just <laughs> so like anathema to me to not like be paying attention to like if anyone gets hurt or like do I have band-aids on me and like just making sure that everyone's safe and content and like did you eat like it's just like everything for me is that's such at the forefront of my mind and for him to have like that as an afterthought completely disregarding everyone else's well-being and like a lot of the time it's his own well-being as well yeah but it's just (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. He takes risks with other people's lives because he thinks the risk is worth it. But but the weird thing is that, like, he's not even risking... Not not that he's not risking a lot, but, like, he's risking them for not that much. Like, so, yeah. for example, in this episode, like, he lies to Jack about, like, what happened to Anna basically just because he doesn't want to explain to Jack what happened. Like, what, yeah. would, be, what would be the actual problem with explaining to Jack what happened? Like, he'll never be left alone or trusted with Henry again. But, like, he was sleeping. Like, that was kind of Anna's fault. Like... You know, I just don't know what his, like, what was the point of lying? It wasn't his responsibility. Yeah. I don't really, like, it's like, what are you lying for? I wonder if it's that he, I mean, okay, so we know that Locke views knowledge and everything else as the highest form of power that he can have. So maybe it's not that he doesn't think he's going to be trusted. It's that he now has a secret that he hasn't told Jack. And he and just maybe, likes having a secret. Yeah, and maybe he can use that later. But for right now, he has information Jack doesn't have and that brings him joy. And it Or backfired. makes him feel important and special. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? No, yeah, I accept that. Yeah. I don't know. He just lies all the time. Maybe yeah. he just thinks it's entertaining. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I think he just... I think you're right, Brittany. I think he just likes knowing things that Jack doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Which, like, isn't helpful for this dream I have in which one person knows everything. And every time someone gets new information they just give it to the one person so that they can be like an escape room and they can figure out everything you know what i mean for sure and i want that person to be saeed thanks um okay so Locke knows the combination to get in i guess yeah uh again like he wasn't told it for like a bit there he's he's back in uh the trusted books but then i was like has he actually known it this whole time because i thought that he didn't know it because last episode he said i want to talk to henry and anna said no but talk to him through the door or whatever so i thought that like he just didn't know what the combination is but then i was like maybe he does and he was just like being respectful yeah yeah it could be that because Anna was explicitly left in charge of Mm -hmm. that door that he, and he also knew he couldn't, you can't fight off Anna. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she would have stopped him either way. Yeah. Anyway, that's just something I was thinking. Yeah, or the, I mean, admittedly, there might just be a little plot hole. Maybe. You know? I noticed that when they open the door, uh, it's dark in there. Um, I feel like they often, like the light is usually on when they walk in. Well, but this time deprivation per- is a form of torture. Yeah, in this particular time, they left him in the dark, oh. which I noticed. I I would not do well with that. No? No. It, being in the pitch dark is so disorienting. It's scary. I don't like the dark. Yeah, exactly. So if anyone ever kidnaps any of us. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> don't give them, don't give them hints. Knock on wood, knock on wood. Accidentally spilled the beans. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so of course Locke goes in, he says, why are you hurting Anna and not Locke? And Henry says, you're one of the good ones. He's still manipulating. He, the man doesn't take a break. Why'd you try to hurt Anna Lucia, but not me? I'm not sure I know what you're getting at, John. I was trapped under that blast door helpless you could have crushed my skull but you didn't do a thing why didn't you because you're one of the good ones john what what good what you're one of the good ones is the funniest thing i've ever heard i was like really and Locke believes it oh fully he's like what does that mean like, Locke is actually so simple oh for sure yeah so and then anna is once again called like not a good person she is a good person like especially in 
207 when Goodwin said, like, uh, Nathan was not a good person. He, that's why he wasn't on the list. So all the people who aren't on the list are not good people. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I guess, but I never bought that in the first place. I have so many questions about lists. Yeah, who even knows why that list was a thing, really? You know? So then Henry reveals, potentially, if that's even if this is even true, that, like, his mission was that he was coming for Locke and he was going to take him back to the others, I guess. Nah, I think this is a bald-faced lie. It's like... Ethan, Ethan's time was cut short, which is why he didn't have the list, which is why people weren't taken. Yeah. Right. So Scott died, but I don't think he was on the list because if he was on the list, then they would have taken him. Claire was the only person who he got the opportunity to take, but he wasn't even trying to take Claire. He was trying to take Aaron. Yep. So I don't even know. I don't think there was a list. Yeah. So would Locke have been on the list if he had, I feel like potentially actually yes i mean maybe if they had any inclination or inkling that he had been healed by the island right oh yeah true and then one and then rose would have been also part of that then exactly okay so he says that he his mission was coming that he was coming for Locke. so what does this do to Locke's mind now <laughs> makes him feel like the most important man who's ever been born i'm special he's probably half of why he lies yeah like exactly like he's like oh my god i am so right now i'm like are y'all gonna like get married like what is this tension between you listen i love Locke and henry (laughs) i get it no i i think they have one of the most interesting relationships and Locke and henry is far more interesting to me than jack and Locke. and i know that we're like speaking lightly on like the fact that Locke really wants to be special but like if we really think about it like oh i get it Locke was put in foster care and then like his father never loved him and it turned out his mother was the point was the reason why his full-on kidney got stolen helen wouldn't marry him uh and he got in an accident and was in a wheelchair for four years and Randy was constantly berating him with garbage. Like, yep. like even though we're talking about the fact that he always needs to be special, which is true, there's a reason for it because oh, yeah. he's never felt special in his life. Yeah, he has a history of trauma. It's just that the way that Locke seeks that validation out is always at his own detriment. Mm-hmm. And often he knows that and chooses to do it anyway. Right. I don't know. Like, sometimes I feel like when he's he's looking for, like, when he's looking to be special, it's just, he's looking for it. And it's not like he's asking for other people's help. He just kind of wants it to be his own thing. And, like, it's very self-contained and by himself. Like, he doesn't want anyone else really involved. That's a great point. Which, yeah. Like, there there is, like, you can be lifted up and, like, you have like this all of this special information that the island is giving you and like you're ooh, you're like so special like the others want you and like that's really interesting but like he never tells anyone any of this and like I, I mean it does fit into like he he does lie all the time like keeping information to him is like really really important but it's just it is concerning because when you don't have other people's opinions not that other people's opinions are like super important all of the time but like we do crave them yeah like i think they're important especially in situations like this when like he's only talking to henry and like he has all this information to himself and like that that drawing that he saw in the hatch door and Mm -hmm. like all of this information is just internal like he's keeping it to himself he doesn't want anyone's other anyone else's opinions or ideas or like what could this possibly be like no other brains are on it which is strange right i think that I'm, I might have said the same, like something similar in season one, but when Locke and Boone find the hatch, if Boone hadn't been there, Locke would never have told Boone. Yeah, he would have done agreed. it by himself the whole time. Yeah. Like the only reason why Boone knew is because he was there when they found it yeah. and he couldn't hide it from him. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. maybe it's, maybe you're right. Maybe it is. It's less that want, you know, of course, Locke does want to be special, but more that he wants something that is, he can finally call his own. Yeah. A journey that is entirely his. Yeah. Interesting. I like that perspective a lot. And it makes me um feel a little bit more sympathy. I, I will always feel sympathy for Locke, but sometimes I get caught up in his own like self-importance. Mm-hmm. And I kind of lose sight of the fact that like, this is like a character who's doing these things because he was marginalized and ignored because he had a disability. And so people treated him differently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to move on to the next scene. Do it. <clears throat> Anna interrupts Sawyer collecting mangoes. She wants a gun. Sawyer is salty about Jack and Kate hanging out, but I think it's just because he has a crush on both of them separately. <laughs> She tries again, but he's not having it. So those are the weirdest looking mangoes I've ever seen. Why are they like, oh, I guess mangoes are bright red, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, guys. I was like, please explain why you think they look weird. Um, I'm not on this podcast anymore. Uh, Isra, you can have my job. And, uh, I'm going to head out. <laughs> um, so I really love the moment where he's like, why don't you ask Jack? Oh, wait, he's with Kate. And of course, he's like, I would be with Jack if he had asked me, but he asked Kate instead. And he'd also be like, I would be with Kate if Jack hadn't asked her because she's my best friend. You know, like he's like, I love both of them separately and they don't they won't don't want to hang out with me. It's like when you have two separate friends and then you introduce them to each other and then they hang out instead instead of hanging out with you. <laughs> Sam when Emily and I moved in together yeah. and she still didn't live with us. Yeah. That happened to me in high school. I know that feeling. Oh, that's not funny though. Oh, it was okay. They were still two of my best friends. It's just that like they started hanging out without me and I was like, okay, well, see you at school, I guess. Yeah. You know? That's just how it be sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I also noticed that he doesn't call her Freckles when she's not there. He only calls her Freckles to her face. Yeah, because that's his special nickname for her. I know. I just thought it was really cute. Hmm. Is he upset that Jack and Kate are together or is he just being an ass? Oh, Hundo. Yeah. I think Anna was right. I think Anna was like, oh, um, so you're jealous and that seems funny to me. Y'all mind if I poke this hornet's nest a little? <laughs> I find, I don't know, like anytime anyone asks Soria for something, they're like, hold on, let me make fun of you and <laughs> aggravate you before I ask you for something. Yep. And, and that'll make you give it to me. Yeah, right? Like yeah. that. that's how that's how relationships work. I'll make you angry and then you'll do favors for me. Yeah, it's literally like they walk up and they're like, greeting to Sawyer. And then they're like, says something inflammatory that Sawyer doesn't like. And Sawyer's like, turns around, gives rude nickname tells them to scram and that's like that's the template for asking Sawyer for something like and I mean it's not like but people haven't really tried being nice because like Kate has tried being nice yeah but he meant that with like oh that's sexual attraction right but like if Jack had just walked up and been like listen there's a lot going on and I know you might want to come along and that's totally cool if you do but we do need the guns because we think there might be some danger yeah so I would be like, well, if I can come, I will let you have it. Like, literally, <laughs> just invite him to your friggin' birthday party! Yeah. <laughs> so he's lonely. He just wants friends. Yeah! yeah. Like, it totally worked. I remember, I believe this has happened already. I remember talking about it, so it... I do believe it's happened already, but Hurley ha- comes up to Sawyer and says, hey, this is what I need and you should give it to me because you could really use the points. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that's yeah. what happened. And he just gave it to him. Like it worked. It, it worked. Like, hey, do you want people to like you? Here you go. We need help. Yeah. Some walked up to him and was nice. And then he gave her a pregnancy test after some like yeah. ribbing and not being nice, but like still gave it to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like for Sawyer, the bar is on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> Um, I also wanted to say that the way he talks to Anna after he, like, asks her to leave is that he's talking to her like you talk to a dog in an old western. And I didn't like that. 
<laughs> he called yeah. her. He told her to scram, he, and also told her to get. Yeah, what was up with that? I was like, sir. Like, do you think she's a dog? She's a human being. Yeah. If anyone's like, the dog in this situation, it's you. It's you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael is still unconscious in the hatch. Jack by his side. Locke enters, believing that the others traded Michael, but Jack sets him straight. I this scene makes me feel bad because Locke is just like walking up and being like, "Oh, hey, here is an observation that I made. Is this true?" And Jack is like. Frick you, Locke. You say the wrong things and I don't like you. Get out of here. And Locke is like, okay. Okie dokie. <laughs> Guess I'll die. He's kind of like, like I feel like in this scene, he's like Jerry from Parks and Rec. Oh, no. When everybody's oh, no. just like, says something mean to him and he just goes, all right. And then just leaves. No. Please don't make me Okay. 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 <laughs> like, he's literally like, oh, did it work? And Jack's like, no. Leave. And Locke's like, Okay. You can say whatever you want, and I'll just take it. Yeah. We're framing you for murder. Yeah. <laughs> so, is it a coincidence that Michael came at the same time that he was trying to do a trade? No. I don't think so either. Yeah. Especially now that we can talk about the Mike, the fact that Michael's working for the others. Yeah, exactly. I know. I don't think it's coincidental. I think they heard Jack and they were like, oh, well, here's, here's my opportunity. I don't th- think that him like showing up and passing out was like acting though. I think he actually did pass out. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. he came to and he was like, oh yeah, I have a job. Oh yeah, I have a yeah. job. <laughs> Me when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I have a job. So did Michael actually hear Jack's voice like Jack believes he did? Or did the others, like, let him go for the trade? I think the others did. Yeah. Like, do you think they were there? Do you think Jack was right? Yes. Ew. What do you think? (laughs) Probably. I don't know. Oh, yeah, and then my last question for this scene was just, why is Jack so snippy with Locke right now? Because Michael is hurt, and he's like, I don't have time to talk to you right now. I must fix Michael. I don't have time for your totally valid questions. Get out. <laughs> I will be angry. Get out of here with your logic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be angry in peace. Sawyer walks through the jungle knowing he's being followed. Anna reveals herself, still wanting a gun. She tries to fight him for it, but he gets on top of her, winning. She employs a new tactic. It's called a makeout session. I mean, it worked. This is one of the reasons why I disliked Anna Lucia for such a long time, which I understand now as I have grown as a person and as a as a feminist mm-hmm. that Sawyer does this constantly and so does Kate but I never found a problem with it because I shipped it so I didn't care mm-hmm. and also I thought Sawyer was handsome and funny and I now understand that Sawyer like sucks. <laughs> Eventually he'll get better but um, I never, like, I had a real problem with what Anna Lucia did here. I thought it was manipulative, but of course, like, of co- like everyone of course else, everyone else does the same yeah. thing. So I don't know. It seemed like Sawyer I, had a pretty good time. And, I find, yeah. I find this scene really interesting because like, I'm not saying what Anna Lucia did is okay in any way, but mm-hmm. I find like, if you put like the implicit agreements that Anna Lucia had with Sawyer and then Sawyer had with the women that he was conning, like they... The woman that Sawyer was conning, like, he had a relationship with them. Like, first off, probably a friendship, like a co-worker. Mm -hmm. Um, What was that episode? I think it was... A uh, confidence man, I think. Confidence man, yeah. Or or you or or the Cassidy one. Uh, confidence man. Okay. Or both, I guess. Yeah. He had like an, a relationship with them. He like it was long term, mm-hmm. and like he like he, it wasn't like a one time thing. Like he was, it was like a constant thing that he did. And then he went and after he built up that relationship, then he betrayed them, and then like he like did this horrible thing to them. Exactly. And not saying that like what Anna did is okay, but like I feel like what Sawyer did was 
a lot worse. Yeah. And at the very least, they're comparable in terms of like shadiness. Yeah. I, yeah, I like that Anna Lucia's like, yeah, I don't have time for that. Um, also, I thought about it and I can pull this off. And it's also like, maybe she wanted to blow off some steam. Maybe she kind of was looking f- to forget something for a while and feel something that wasn't like, you know, terror yeah. or fear or mm-hmm. sadness. Or anger. If she she hadn't stolen the gun, it would have been fine. It's just the... Yeah. I just... I just... I really wish she hadn't stolen the gun. Because it's like... Mm -hmm. I understand that was the point of that scene. But like... Yeah. It's just... Why did you do this thing? I wish you didn't. (laughs) I... She had that whole thing where she was like, Are you hitting... Are you hitting that? Is what she said to Jack. And she said, You're hot. She's hot. That's what... It's what people do. And so the fact that she's like, He's hot. I'm hot. I can pull this off and use this to my advantage. I mean, she's smart <laughs> and she's right. Yeah. I also, I mean, of course, like, it leaves a bad t- taste in your mouth after you find out that, I mean, you don't know that until later that she stole the yeah. gun. Well, it's but. basically like manipulation via sex. Yeah. And, you know, while it's not right, it is something that Sawyer maybe had coming to him at some point in his life, mm-hmm. in yeah. my opinion. I mean, it's probably been a while for Sawyer, too. He was probably into it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so going into the beginning of the scene, he fully just wasted the rest of that mango. Like, he took, like, one bite and then threw it in the river or whatever. I was like, sir? Literally, we watched the beginning of the scene, and Robin was like, he's about to waste that mango. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, huh? And then he does, and it is upsetting. They waste a lot of food on this show. They, they sure do. do. That, like, ranch container that they shot, yeah. and then, like, Hurley, like, I will blow up all of the food. Scratch that. Yeah. Now I will throw away all of the food and destroy it. yeah. yeah. I'm like, do you all understand that even though food does magically come from the sky, at any time that could stop? Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, can I ask you guys a favor? No. Oh. Okay, so moving on. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a point here that I don't think is meant to be looked into, but I'm going to issue a challenge that we're going to look real far into it and make it real insightful for no good reason. Oh, Christ. Here we go. Sawyer refers to himself as the big bad wolf. I don't want to talk to you anymore. How can we make that, um, how can we make that like a purposeful thing? Sawyer, big bad wolf. I don't want to do this with you. Who's the little red riding hood? Who's, who's the three little pigs? Big bad wolf. Wait, hold on. Eats grandma's. Wait. Blows his head. Wait, you're, you're, you're mixing your stories here. <laughs> Three Little Pigs is not involved here. Yeah, but the Big Bad Wolf is in both of them. Yeah, Wait. but Wait. which one are you talking oh. about? Are you talking okay. about Re- Little Red Riding Hood or the pigs? I think he's the same wolf, personally, in both of these stories. Damn, that wolf gets around. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> just trying to eat things. I know that he like men- he does he mention Red Riding Hood? He does. I think he yeah. I think he says that she- Anna Lucia is Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like I'm like the big bad wolf if we just take Little Red Riding Hood then. Fine. Thank you. We just take Little Red Riding Hood. He is in disguise. Sure. Robin, I'm trying to, but like <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> when he did that I- when he said that I was like Ah, I don't have anything to add to this, but I would like to. You know how sometimes I can pull a theory out of my ass yeah. and actually make it make sense? And, like, that's kind of one of my weird hidden superpowers? Yeah. That's not happening. I was hoping, and uh, you let me down. Well, because I'm trying to so hard, but, like, there's nothing in common there. Like, other than, does the big bad wolf, like, hoard stuff? I mean, I guess he does take something away from Grandma, because, like, he does kill Grandma, right? Basically, yeah. is the implication. Keep going. <laughs> I knew this was going to I hate this. <laughs> and then he takes her stuff for himself and tries to trick Red Riding Hood into thinking that it's him. Sawyer also takes things that don't belong to him and is super territorial about it, including outfits, which is how he got his glasses. <laughs> I knew we would get there. 
I knew we would get there. I won. Great. Thanks. I hate it. Um, he also calls her Lucy, and I think that's just because he didn't want to say the full Anna Lucia, I guess. I mean, I guess. I guess. You can't just give someone a nickname like that. Yeah. I mean, people do all the time. Like, I know a bunch of people named Muhammad, and no one calls them Muhammad. They all go by Mo. Mo. But, like... Don't you usually, okay, do you ever just give someone a nickname though? Like personally, like usually it's a nickname you've heard from someone else. So like, if you're like talking to like Muhammad, like you've probably heard that like other people, like their parents or something call them Mo. But do you ever just pick? No. No? Like, it's just just like random people that do not want to say the full name. Hey, Mo. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. You know what? Yeah, you got me. You got me. Okay. It's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's a racist thing or like, he's just like, I don't want to pronounce your foreign name. I will just go with something that's familiar to me. You know what? I think that probably is like slightly something that other white people, that white people do. But we shouldn't, like Robin and I. (laughs) We should not do that. I'm not, I I won't. And I haven't. No, (laughs) but oh my God. Yeah. Damn it. You got me. (laughs) So Annalisa knew how to manipulate Sawyer. She's like, she's got everybody's number on this island, I feel. And she's just like, okay, so I need something from that one. Unfortunately, that means I'm going to have to do something. (laughs) I need someone from that one. So I'll probably have to sleep with him. That's all right. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah, Such a weird ship. What did he like? What? Yeah. yeah, where did that come from? What did what would he what did he even expect her to do? You know, like she like was gonna come up and like fight him? I mean, it's Anna. She could have done anything. Like she did, like she swung a punch, right? Yeah. So oh, what a queen. But then he's like on top of her, and like, what's there left to do now? Did it, like did he expect her to just be like well, okay. Well, you win. And then just get up. Oh. You know, like, what else? Like, she's just gonna keep fighting. Maybe, like, talk? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, negotiate your day. The weather. Hmm? <laughs> no, they were gonna have, like, a full negotiation, but just there on the ground. Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. One thing that I did want to mention is that... Sawyer wasn't gonna do anything to her, you know. Like you could tell that he what he wasn't no, planning he wasn't on doing anything. Her, he no. was just he was just like there to win, really. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like before she kissed him, like he wasn't gonna do anything, no. even though he had her like be, like pinned down. He yeah. wasn't gonna do anything, and I think that's important to say because we never know with Sawyer. That's true. <laughs> He's that guy, you know. That makes me sad. Uh, and then my last note was, uh, uh, listen, you don't need to get naked to get the job done. There are bugs. Yeah, like I don't. It's just why are you taking off your shirt when you don't have to? Ew. Yeah, good point though. Then there's also like also there are no doors. Like anybody could walk. Anybody could walk up. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Someone could just yeah. (laughs) Just anyone stumbles upon them. I'm like, oh no. Oh, oh ew. Imagine like trying to take a walk through. Like Hurley and Libby are just like trying to get to (laughs) yeah. And they just see those two and they're like, did not expect that one. Gotta say. Get a room. (laughs) Uh, Okay. After their shenanigans, Sawyer basically just flirts and Anna tells him to F off and not tell anyone about it. (laughs) He got got curved the minute they were done. He's sitting here like a douchebag too. He's got like one knee up and he's like got his arm on his knee. He thinks he's hot shit. And he's like, oh, yes. Also, he's put his pants back on already. Yeah, I was like, okay. um, Okay. So did you do that because you like the way you look in those pants? Mm -hmm. Nah. What's going on here? The ground is just covered in grass and that's not comfortable. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) So I find, I I do feel bad for Sawyer in this season. Like, I know, like, there's a lot of things he does that are kind of awful, but like, Mm -hmm. he just, every time, like, every time he's talking to anyone in this season, I feel like, just after the long con, he's reaching out and trying to, like, have a friendship. Like, Sun walks up to him and he's like, ooh, let's be friends. And then... Yeah, he just just wants to talk. He just wants to have, like, he just wants, like, 
comfort or a relationship or anything. And then he's with Anna and like, he's like, can maybe we talk sometimes or maybe do this again? Do you want my phone number? Can can we please? Can I please have someone please? Do- yeah, I like... Kate was so hurt after the long con, which, like, understandably, because he totally manipulated her, like, right to her face. But uh, last episode, he finally got her back. Like, they were hanging out again. And then what happens? Jack shows up and invites her and not him, you know? And then now he's alone again. He's, like, learning how to be, like, a well-behaved person. And it has um, a really steep learning curve. Yeah. Yeah, And all he's doing is, like, walking around the jungle alone. And then, like, reading a book by himself. Which sucks, because at the beginning, like, he was definitely at least bonding with, like, Michael and Jin. Mm. so like there was something there but like clearly he just wants to be included Mm -hmm. like he doesn't want to be special like Locke does he just wants to be included and feel like he has some sort of say over all of their destiny he had a real connection with Michael at the beginning of this season uh with a drift and then like while they were walking through the jungle and Michael was like we have to save Sawyer like we'll build a stretcher we'll carry him you know yeah and when he woke up you know they they had like moments, you know, like Michael was, was there for him. Uh, but of course Michael ran away. Yeah. So, so Michael's gone. So I, like, I mean, Sawyer has abandonment issues too. Yeah. I have a question. Okay. Do you, do you guys remember when Jack and Sawyer played poker? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he, like every time he had a conversation with anyone, like recently, like after the long con, they were always after like the medical p- supplies or anything like that. <gasps> so I feel like yeah. he went and like bet everything off so that people wouldn't come to him for things. So he could like mm. actually form relationships, but still, right. like anytime he reaches out, I mean, he he's a jerk. So like it it's gonna be difficult to like make friends if you're a jerk. But like I feel like he just really wants relationships, and he got rid of something that was like he got rid of that like transactional element that came with all of his relationships because he forced his relationships to be transactional. And then he was like, ooh, I regret this. Yeah. He's like, ooh, this is a bad decision. There's a scene literally next episode that like is really uh, like, what am I trying to say? It's really, um, it, get, it has a lot of these themes. Sawyer says to Jack that like, he's probably the closest thing he has to a friend. Oh, that hurts. So, ouch. That would make sense. Yeah. I'm Sawyer. <laughs> she tells him not to tell anyone. Sure. Which, okay. Uh, and I guess she just like walked off with the gun. Like she just grabbed it and she was like, okay, bye. I mean, we have no choice but to stand. Yeah. <laughs> she got the job done. Yeah. She was in and out in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Not sure if that's the right use of words for this. Yeah. Um. Do you want to pretend that I didn't uh, say that? <laughs> sure. Cool. 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 I'm already upset that you're probably going to keep it in the podcast, though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I regret everything Great. that I've ever done in my life. Okay. We don't have time to unpack all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Anna gets back to the hatch and Jack asks about her head. Locke immediately lies about what happened and Anna goes along with it. Michael wakes up and tells them that the others live worse than they do. They have their own hatch. They are hardly armed and our survivors could definitely take them out. So they hatch a plan. I mean, we already unpacked part of the seed of course. Yes. Yeah. The thing that I find interesting is that it's in in any way believable that the others have a small army. Right. He said he only saw two guns the whole time he was there. It's like, no, that can't be right because they took took Walt with more than that and they had a boat yeah yeah you clowns yeah so jack is cleaning medical supplies in the sink i just thought that was an interesting detail that i never really noticed before i assumed he was doing the dishes but i was actually looking this morning and i noticed that it was medical supplies i love little explainers like that that they just slip in so you can't question it yeah good job jack doing your job (laughs) he's like he's like i don't have anything to actually fidget with 
No, what's it called when you get rid of all the germs? What's it called? Sterilize. The word. Sterilize. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything to actually sterilize this with, so I guess I'll just clean it with dish soap? Eh, good enough. Better than when nothing. On an island. Yeah. Uh, Locke specifically doesn't tell Jack about Henry attacking Anna, which we mentioned. Isn't Jack going to know that something happened when he sees Henry way more tied up than before? Yeah. I mean... He's going to be like, what happened here? What's wrong? Damn it. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> also, who tied those knots? I feel like Locke would be better at not tying than Annalisia. Yeah, he probably yeah. went, he probably like worked specifically on that. He's like, hey man, can you hold still while I... <laughs> he like practiced on Boone. Yeah. I mean, he kind of <laughs> did, didn't he? That's so, yeah. Wait, did in, he? Yeah, in Hearts and Minds. <gasps> Oops. Yeah. Did you accidentally get something right? Oh yeah. 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 No, he really did. Yeah, good point. Kiss I forgot me. about that. Good oh job, Brittany. Good for me. It was an accident, <laughs> but it still counts. Um, so Annalicia is complicit in Locke's lie, I guess. I mean, if, if I was about to tell the truth and then somebody lied for me, I would, I definitely wouldn't be like, no, Locke, what the heck are you talking exactly. about? I'd be like, clearly Locke knows more than I do. So I guess I'll just go along with it. Which is like so difficult. Cause like, I think about this all the time. I, especially when I was younger, was really slow on that kind of uptake. So like, if someone texted me privately, I would look up, look up and be like, why are you texting me? We're right, right across from each other. And what they were Ooh. really doing was texting me privately to talk about someone that was in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like this took me right back and I was like, oh, I wouldn't have picked up on this if I was younger. Mm-hmm. But now I do. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thanks. <laughs> that was just an anecdote about my life, I guess. I like, I like the anecdotes <laughs> about, about your life. I'm always the one who tells the anecdotes. I want to hear more anecdotes about you. I think about, I, t- I talk about myself enough. <laughs> I think we're okay. I definitely talk about myself more than you. Okay. Do you want to have a competition about it? Uh, okay. How? I don't know. I proposed it and then I immediately was like, God, that sounds like way too much work. Oh, okay. Cool. So Jack forgives Michael for locking him in the armory because there's bigger fish to fry. Sure, sure, sure. They have like, a I mean, common enemy. Jack's like the grudge guy, you know, like he holds grudges. So yes, the fact that he like lets him go on this one is pretty big, I think. Again, the bar is on the floor. So Michael says a lot of things. And one of the things we need to talk about is like how much of this is a lie. But the problem is that like we actually do know how much of it is a lie. So I don't know how much we can say without it being spoilers. I don't think we can say anything other than like, hey, when you first watched it, what would you have? Yeah. Like, what did you think when you first watched it? I mean, definitely when I first watched it, I believed everything he said because I didn't know that he was working for the others. Yeah. You know what I mean? Until the very, very end. So there, there is one question where it's like, they have, what did they have? They had spirit gum and that beard that Kate yes. found, which yes. is like, I mean, you could live in huts on in a fishing village and also have spirit gum but that i mean like that's a little weird yeah and i mean the modern amenities that are also delivered to the island how would these people a not find them and b not take advantage of like what they did find and instead they just live in tents yeah there's no way you could believe that Mm -hmm. like if they found one hatch what's the hatch connected to like where did the hatch come from they keep finding medical things like how do these people like not explore enough to go that way have they not run into Rousseau? Like, there's like a million things that make it unbelievable. Yeah. I saw one. What did it look like? It was dirty. Worn clothing, no shoes, simple. Just like the rest of them. Like the rest of them? Yeah. His people. The others. I followed him back to his camp. They, they live in tents. Canvas tents and and teepees they eat dried fish they're worse off than we are how many of them were there i counted 22 and two guards 
two guns, and two guns is all I saw. They're barely armed. Most of them are old, and half of them are women. I couldn't save them. So I came back to tell you. Tell you that we can take them. There is, like, a little bit that could be believable, though. Because, like, you could have... Okay, so there is others on this island, but mm -hmm. it's never specifically stated that there is one group of others on this island. There could be, right. like, this weird Ooh. fishing village that, like, there is 22, not 23 people. That irritated me. It Wait, but... Somebody, uh, we well, we have another other that might not be there, right? So if you counted 22, but they have another one. Ooh. There you go. That Thank makes you. 23. You're welcome. <laughs> I was just... Continue your point. Yeah. It, uh, there could just be another group of people on the island with the beard and the spirit gum and the boat that are, like, more technologically advanced. But then Michael could have, like, mistaken them for, like... Because he doesn't specifically say that he saw Walt. He could mistake yeah. these fishing village people for the people that have Walt. And that could have been like a colossal catastrophe that possibly future right. happens. I, yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense that they would be the same people, though. Because if they yeah. are a fishing village, they would have a fishing boat. True, you know? true, true. Um, so, yeah, he counted 22, but Henry makes 23. So there you go. Uh, and then Anna asks about her people, including Zach and Emma. So they were they remind us that Zach and Emma uh exist and are supposed to be with the others somewhere totally forgot about them yeah cindy my apologies to zach and emma <laughs> um and Locke is mega interested in there being another hatch like that's the main thing that he's like here for Locke's like can i have that one to myself he's like well i, I tried to keep this one a secret but there are a bunch of people in there now i don't want to share with jack anymore he could just be trying to flesh out his map Ooh, true yep. true very point very good point and then he says most of them are old and half of them are women so do you think they like put their elderly and female like others out there specifically to fool michael potentially probably yeah they're Maybe. like hey all you strong men stay inside and they're like well all right i could use a day off yeah uh okay so speaking of Locke's map uh lock continues working on his blast door map jack admits that lock was right about henry and he's sorry he got in lock and saeed's way before lock understands that jack always does what he believes is right so it must be hard for jack to admit that good job apologizing yeah, yeah. it was actually pretty big of him which mm -hmm. is kind of like you know sad but yeah so he's saying that he was they were right about henry in 214 but i have to say like i loved jack that episode it's one of my favorite episodes of jack um and i do not like he should not feel bad for his actions back then and i think Locke even says that he says you were just doing what you believed was right and i'm like yeah jack was trying to stop you from torturing someone yeah and uh even if that someone did turn out to be you know who he turned out to be like you don't want to lose your soul to be a torturer like the whole point of like saeed's arc is that he regrets the fact that he was a torturer mm -hmm. and that he has to keep using them and every time he uses the skills that he has like it takes a toll yeah so like regardless of whether or not you know, it was, you know, who they thought it was, it was the right thing to stop them. Right. Even morally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's also the question of like, does torture even like get results? Like, is it like people might just say, they'll say just about anything to like get out of that like pain. Mm -hmm. And so does it even work is like an actual question that people have. Yeah. And I think aren't there like literal studies that prove that yeah, actually it doesn't work. 
people will just lie. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think yeah. there are. I think I remember like reading something, especially like I mean maybe not in a wartime situation, but even you know um, police interrogations. Mm. Like if you have an interrogator who uh, plants ideas into your head in order to get you to agree to something because it's the only way out, you will agree that you committed a murder. Even though you didn't commit a murder. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting what you were saying about Saeed, because I remember like Saeed in 108 tortures Sawyer. And he specifically said he would never do it again. And so that's why he's like so upset. And then in 109, he like goes off and is like going on some sort of like cleansing trip so that he could feel like a person again. And also like kind of a punishment because he he specifically said that he wouldn't do that sort of mm-hmm. thing again. But now he comes back and Henry's the next person he tortures after Sawyer. And I think that it's because like the death of Shannon probably like broke him pretty thoroughly. Yeah. Pretty thoroughly. And that's probably why that happens again. Yeah. You were right. Right about what? About Henry. What you and Saeed did to him when you first found him. You were... You were right. I don't like how you did it, but... I shouldn't have gotten in your way. You did what you thought was right at the time you thought it, Jack. I just hope the next time you decide to do something, you include me. And something tells me that's going to be soon. Um, And then, so yeah, they finally agree that they should go find the others now that they know where they are. Finally. Yeah. Jack and Locke are leaving to get the guns back from Sawyer. They take Kate with them, leaving Anna alone with Henry. So they need Kate's help to convince Sawyer to give the guns. And I hate that that's Kate's role, just by the way. Yeah. Uh, As a skate chipper, um, I'm thrilled. Okay. Just to be clear. But I do like later when Sawyer's like, what? Did you bring, why did you even, ugh, she's not in my head. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> a girl? I mean, the feminist in me hates it, but of course, sometimes the the romantic is also like, oh, okay, like I can see how it's a soft that spot. could work. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Anna says, give Sawyer my best, which um, of course to us means something, but to Jack is like, okay. And then he's going to get there and be like, Anna says hi. Yeah, that would have been, mm-hmm. And then Sawyer would have been like, oh, tell her, hey, I guess. Like, Jack had got back and Sawyer says, hey. If I were Sawyer, the fact that he said that would be like, what do you know? Yeah, exactly. She told you. Ah! <laughs> so embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, Sawyer sits on the beach reading a book manuscript. He tells Jack about it when they all walk up. Jack drops it in the fire and Sawyer is livid. Sawyer tries to grab his gun. Turns out Anna stole it from him. Locke realizes it might not have been very smart to keep Anna's run in with Henry a secret. Kay. What is Jack's deal? Yeah. Like, this is so overly aggressive for no reason. I thought it was so funny that he's like, like, in lockdown, he was like, when I want the guns, <laughs> I'll get the guns. And you think, oh, he's such a trickster. He's gonna, like, get them back from Sawyer in some, like, spooky little way. No! And instead he shows up and he's like, I'm gonna get the guns by threatening you with another gun. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. Okay. I also like that manuscript is one of a kind. Literally. Yeah. And it wasn't even Sawyer's. It was Hurley's. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, it was Gary's, first of all. Gary's oh, true, the one that wrote true, it. True. Yeah. But like Sawyer, ha- Sawyer to get it from somewhere? Didn't Gary get, Gary was the one that got sucked into the plane engine. Is he not? That's right. Yeah. 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 In the pilot. So he, I guess his stuff was found, but bad twin, I think I've said it. I'm, I'm almost certain I've said it before. It's a uh, book that you can buy and read. I have it on my Kindle, but I haven't read it yet. Um, it's just like one of those extra things that Lost kind of made. Was like that actual book? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't realize it was like a 
mystery. Maybe I do have to read it. But like, I think the thing that like really upsets me about the scene is like, you know, sometimes Sawyer deserves the crap that he gets. And I think we can all agree on that. Mm -hmm. All he was doing was telling Jack about the book he was reading. Yeah. And he said he only has 10 pages left. And Jack, the thing that you're doing is not even time sensitive. Well, at the, yeah, as, as far as Jack knew. Yeah. Like in Jack's mind, it's literally just like, at some point in the next couple days, we got to leave. Yeah. But he has to march right up there and threaten Sawyer with a gun when all he's doing is reading a book. And it's one of a kind, like you said, and he throws the last 10 pages in a fire. Like, there's no way he's going to get every single word off that page now. <gasps> you know where so that annoying. comes in, though? Mm. Isra, he has to go ask Hurley. Yeah. If Hurley wrote it. Or if Hurley read it. And then they're friends. And now they're they're having a conversation about the book they read. It's like a book club. Exactly. Oh my god. They actually would have had club. the cutest book club. Yeah. They would. And then like maybe they would talk about Walt's polar bear comic. Maybe it's where you like comic books. I don't know. Yeah. I bet he does. Yeah. I bet he does. If Walt was here, they could have a real good time. I um, want to watch that show. I also, like, I think it's really important to note that Sawyer was willing to reach into the fire to get it back. Like, the man loves a book. He, <laughs> he really loves a does. mystery. Yeah. Like, wait, uh, there's no stories on this island. The hell is your problem, Doc? It's time to give us the guns back. <laughs> you burned the ending of my book, and now you Where don't... are they, James? You too, Brutus? Just take us there, Sawyer, all right? Quit playing around. What, you bring her along for a sympathy vote? She ain't in my head, Doc. So why don't you two just go... Play in the jungle, huh? Take us to the guns. Now. Like, there are other characters who, like, if that had happened, they'd be like, ah, Jack, that sucks. You're, that was really crappy of you. But Sawyer's like, no! And he has to get it with his actual hands. He's like, it's fiction! Locke is on Jack's side in this, and Sawyer says, you too, Brutus, which I love. He, like, also just doesn't even go for the actual quote. So... The tragedy of Julius Caesar. Oh no. Jack and Sawyer get into an argument over the guns. When Locke joins in, Sawyer responds to him, you too, Brutus. This is a quote from this tragedy written by William Shakespeare in 1600. The phrase is widely used in Western culture as an epitome of betrayal. So it's a too, Brute. Brute. Can I tell you an anecdote? Not necessarily about my life, but about a different show. Sure. So I stopped watching Fresh Off the Boat. I really need to get like caught up. But there was this one episode of Fresh Off the Boat where I think it was Eddie was like friends with this other kid. And ugh, I keep thinking his name is Randall Park. What's his name? What's his name in the show? Lewis. I have no idea. Lewis takes Eddie to his friend's house and he finds out that his friend's dad is like a big fan of Shakespeare. And Lewis is also a big fan of Shakespeare or whatever. So they're talking about how much they love Shakespeare. And Lewis says, and I quote, me too, Brute. And I thought it was the funniest (laughs) joke I had ever heard in my life. Me too, Brute. Me too, Brute. I want to use that now. Anyway, that's a top-notch joke that I think about every time I see this. All right. Um, But also, Sawyer betrayed Locke first. So like, yeah, (laughs) whatever, Sawyer. Uh, Okay, so now Locke tells Jack. He's like, not great timing though. Thanks though. And he also tells him in front of Sawyer. Yeah. So now Sawyer, whether or not like they wanted him to be, he's on the team. Yeah. And he also like knows what happened. Oops. Spilled also after a, after a head injury, ma'am, shouldn't you be sitting down? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Yikes. She could have a concussion. Yeah. That's probably why she slept with Sawyer. Cause no one in their right mind. Would- <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh boy. That's, I love that. That's also like a subtle call out on uh, Kate. 
<laughs> Anna opens the armory and instructs Henry to cut himself loose. Henry talks of Goodwin and how he always believed in her, but he was wrong and lost his life for it. Anna points the gun at Henry's head. One of my favorite moments in this entire episode, probably, is when Anna says he was going to kill me and Henry goes, was he? That's, it's so sinister. Mm-hmm. And now Anna's like, was he? Like, did he die for nothing? Like, they definitely were fighting. I mean, okay, but I think, yes. I think probably yes. I what think, do you think, Isra? Was it was Goodwin going to kill? I think in a court of law, you'd be like, if someone assaulted you and you accidentally killed them, I don't, I think that comes off as self-defense. Does it not? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that manslaughter? Mm-hmm. Mm, it might be. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I don't, yeah. like, genuinely, I don't, <laughs> I don't fault Anna Lucia for killing someone that was trying to injure her. And at being a part of the kidnapping of children, which is a soft spot for her, and trying to kill Echo, who is, like, a friend of hers. It's just, like, there's a lot of, like, trauma on top of this. It's not just, like, in the situation, in isolation. The Goodwin was the last person that Anna tried to kill on purpose. Like, Shannon was an accident, and then it was, like, Henry. And Henry's the last person, like, that she can't kill, right? But Goodwin's the last person that she killed on purpose. Yeah. And she says, I can't do this anymore. But she, because she knew Goodwin, and she was, like, friends with Goodwin, probably. Like, that one hurt. Like, it hurt to not be able to trust him. Mm -hmm. Anna has so much trauma around men, and it's just... It's so complex, and I wish that they, like, dived into it more. Yeah. So he does cut himself loose. He mentions that Goodwin said she was misunderstood and vouched for her, which I think we already knew, mostly. Um, He was wrong, and he died for it. Yeah. Yeah, so now she's upset. Yeah. Because she's like, did I kill Goodwin for nothing? Yeah. Which is just heartbreaking. Yeah. And then she, like, puts on that face where she's, like, trying not to show Henry that it, like, got to her. But then it's just, it's like, she never shows emotion in front of other people. Or she tries really hard not to. And it's, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like she's just in such a frazzled state that you can still see it on her face. And I just, I don't know. I feel bad for her. You know that moment that happens multiple times where Henry's in the hatch and then he says something to Locke and then Locke closed the door and is really, really upset. And we just have that shot of Henry, like, smiling. Smiling. Yeah. Yeah. I, we, we don't get this moment, but, like, we leave Anna Lucia with the gun at Henry's head. So like what must have happened was that she like dropped the gun and left. And I imagine we had another one of those moments where Henry was just in the hatch smiling because he didn't get murdered today. Like, Hey, I made it through another day and no one killed me. Yay. And really that's the bare minimum. Yeah. Do you think he creepily smiled or do you think like the door closed and he was like, thank God I didn't get killed. Yeah. He was like, that was a close one. He like, he like punches the air and he's like, I did it. He's like, that's the one that saved me last time. So yikes. So yikes. Yeah. He's like, yikes. That was a close one. Uh, Okay. Next scene. Oh, this is the last one in this storyline. Anna sits alone in the hatch and Michael enters. Anna tells him that she couldn't kill Henry. She's always been so hard and harsh, but she can't anymore. Michael offers to do it for her. Instead of killing Henry, Michael shoots Anna, then shoots Libby, who was getting the blankets. He then opens the armory and shoots himself in the arm. What an ending. Um, so much happened in such a small space of time. (laughs) This is like one of the big twists of the season. I have I have footage of my friends watching this 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 scene because every time I watch it with someone I always record it. <laughs> that's diabolical but also yeah that's a good idea. I remember I have a video of my friend Rena watching this and when he shot Anna Lucia she went, "Ugh, I knew it." And then when she saw she shot when he shot Libby, then she basically just like gasped and then looked over at me and was like, "I'm sad." <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> I understand. Yeah. So Michael didn't know that Sawyer has all the guns, which was an important detail to to keep there. Like if she had said like, oh, they're getting the guns back from Sawyer, Michael would be like, oh. But like Michael doesn't know that, yeah. right? Continuity. Uh, we love yeah. a Good show job. that keeps track of what characters know. Mm-hmm. Other shows can't relate. Michael has to act like he doesn't know that they have Henry. Like, Oh, right, 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 right. Like, oh, right, because he knew the whole time. He does a good job. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he didn't know where Henry was. Like, he just knew. But he knew he was around. Yeah. He might have known he was, like, in the hatch, but he was, like, didn't know exactly where he was. Yep. So, I think it's kind of implied, but, like, what? When Anna says, I can't do this anymore, what is she saying? What is she talking about? Mm -hmm. I need to sit on this one for a second. Maybe, like, keeping emotions internally, like, using violence as, like, a means of dealing with things. It could mean Mm -hmm. a lot of things. Yeah. I think you're right. Like, her whole, her whole life like cycle of constantly being caught in a loop of vengeance and revenge and then like trying to recover and then going back towards like that sort of toxicity Mm -hmm. would definitely be something that she'd want to break out of and so like the fact that she's no longer capable of doing it is actually she's already like not doing it anymore Mm -hmm. like she's already broken free yeah but i don't think she knows that and she's willing to let michael do it she's like so she's like she yeah, she's not so compromised that she doesn't think it still doesn't need to be done. Yeah, she just can't do it herself. Exactly. I noticed that Michael said they're animals um, to her, which is actually what she said to him when he was like, what happened to you people? She said, she said they're animals. And you, if you think that one gun and one bullet can stop them, think again. Dun, dun, dun. So he's just, he's using her words, which yeah. I think is really cool. Yeah. There's some stuff on Lostpedia about crime and punishment that a lot of Michael's storyline could have been inspired by Fyodor Dostoevsky's novel, okay. Crime and Punishment. Uh, there's one that is relevant to this episode and then one that's a spoiler section type thing, though. Uh, in this episode, Michael kills Anna Lucia in order to free Henry, but is forced to kill Libby as she accidentally witnesses the murder scene. Similarly, in Crime and Punishment, Rodion assassinates a pawnbroker, but is forced to kill an innocent witness, the pawnbroker's sister, the Russian, uh, her name is Lizavita, which is the Russian equivalent of Elizabeth, which is Libby's name. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, so we have Libby with the blankets, of course. Something that I really thought was um, interesting in this moment was that Giacchino doesn't put any music over it. Yeah. Like, after he shoots Libby and starts to go over to the door and everything, it's silent. I remember when I first watched it, I could, like, hear the, like, hear Michael shaking, like, the gun in his hand. Like, you could mm-hmm. hear, it was just, yeah. So visceral. The sound in this show. Yeah, the sound in this show, like, even when they choose to have it silent, is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like early on this season when we were first going into the hatch, you have like the drip of the water. Yeah. You could hear like water dripping, yeah. which is interesting. So he shoots himself in the arm uh, and there was actually a total of four bullets. He shot Anna once, himself once, and Libby twice, which makes four bullets. Hey, that's one of the numbers. It sure is. Bum, 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 bum. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed that Henry is still untied from when Anna told him to cut himself loose like she didn't tie him back up she just left can you oh yeah oh my god was she just gonna let him go i don't think she was gonna let him go but she she was like i wonder if Locke was gonna come back and she was gonna be like hey you tie him up again i messed up do they have (laughs) yeah good good. do they have more rope because i don't think you can like she didn't untie him he cut the knots yeah he cut it yeah i don't know a lot of mistakes got made there Mm -hmm. and then i just have one fun fact for the end of this storyline uh in the there was supposed to be a final scene in the script is a 
deleted scene. The final scene after Michael turned the gun on himself would have been Hurley on the beach with his picnic basket and wine waiting. <gasps> That's cruel. Thank God they cut it. But I was like, I'm glad they took that out because that's not nice. That's rude. So I'm glad that they didn't do that because that's too much. Do you think it would have been too heavy handed? Or? I think yes. I think that I think it was too much. I think it was already sad. And then that would just made it too much and too sad. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think with that sort of thing, you really got to be careful towing the line between drama and melodrama. Yeah. But wow, that hurted. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I wanted to note when you were talking about crime and punishment is you noted that the character was forced to kill um, yeah. the Russian. Do you think that Michael was forced to kill Libby or that it truly was an accident and he fired the gun just like Anna? I definitely think it was an accident because he was like full on like surprised yeah, that exactly. it was Libby. And he's also been, he's been with the others and he's been on guard, on guard like this whole time. Like I feel like it was kind of just like not necessarily a habit, but like a- Defense mechanism. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I don't think he- I think that it would have, if it hadn't happened so quickly, it would have been a real moral problem for him. Yeah. Um, because he does need to let Henry go and she's just like in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, yeah. it would have been, it would have been a much more difficult problem had, had he not just like done it. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Cause like when you read that, I was like, wait, does she think that Michael was forced to do that? Cause I do not agree. Mm-hmm. So should we move on to the flashbacks? Yeah. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Robin. Can you tell me about Patreon? <laughs> Patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. Tell me more. Like, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theaficionados, and it's where you can sign up for, like, a minimum dollar a month to help us with our hosting fees. Wow. How much are your hosting fees? Like, $150 a podcast, okay, if you wanted to know. <laughs> it's a lot, huh? Yes. Uh, so what do I get if I become a patron? You get early access to our episodes, and if you uh, donate before November 16th, which, which is oof, it's, it's, it's the in end, the past now. By the end of the year, we But Yeah, it. by the end of the year. Um, we will send you a postcard of our third anniversary yeah and if you're looking to see what that looks like you could look on our instagram i mean i just posted it in my own biased opinion i think it looks pretty good yeah because you did it yeah because i did it i think it looks pretty good thank you you are welcome it was was actually really fun to do (laughs) yay might as well just get started on four right okay Okay. (laughs) just like really jump ahead for the year and what if i can't afford to donate oh well just tell your friends about our podcast word of mouth is good oh great thanks cool no problem Okay, and what did you say our link? The link was patreon.com slash theaficionados. Thanks. And what if I uh, don't know how to spell? Um, it's in the description box. Oh, so I can just click on it there? Sure can. Great, I will. I don't know how to spell most of the time. Okay. Yeah. Now it's time for flashbacks. Okay. Anna gets back from a shift as a cop when her mother intercepts her. They go to the morgue and see Jason McCormack, the guy Anna killed in collision. She's like, oh, weird, so strange. But her mom has already put it together. She wants to help her. It'll be a dead end anyway. Anna rejects her help and Teresa asks her to to at least respect their jobs. Anna quits. I'm just switching between Anna and Anna and I can't choose one. So I've just been doing it. I'm like, why? How does she say it? Did she say Anna or Anna? She says Anna Lucia, but people call her Anna. Okay. So then we should call her Anna. Yeah, but my brain gets confused. So I just keep flipping. Well, my brain, every time you say Anna, I see Anna from Frozen. Yeah. Very confusing. Yeah. So one of my favorite... Easter eggs in this episode was when you've got that wide shot of the parking lot with all the cop cars in it. You can see each of the numbers on top of the cop cars. Oh, I didn't notice mean, that. It's really cool. Yeah. If you go back and look, it's really dope. She means like the like the lost numbers, not just numbers. Numbers. <laughs> the, the numbers. Like the way you phrased that, I was like, yeah, yeah, you could see numbers. Yeah, mm-hmm. bud. Good yeah. job. 
I noticed that she doesn't seem that bothered about having killed a man last night. Might still be in shock. Do you think that she like doesn't regret it or doesn't feel bad about it because she thinks he deserves it? I feel like, Mm. I don't know. I don't think she regrets it, but I do think she feels bad. Because I'm wondering if she thinks it's like a life for a life type thing because Jason did try and kill her, but also like she was pregnant. So like she lost her baby because of him. Yep. So maybe she thought it was like a life for a life type thing and that like it had been squared up now. How hard are you trying to not say blood must have blood? I, I wasn't. I'm trying hard not to say it. And then I thought, mm, might as well just yeah, say it. Yeah, you did. Okay. I sure did. But that's what it feels like. Yeah. Like, it's a, a quid, quid pro quo, mm-hmm. if you will. Yes. It's a hot topic mm-hmm. around the world these days. Yeah. Also, Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Her mom says that he had five bullets in her, him, but she actually shot him six times. Oop. So, oops. She missed. Or she, like, it's, oh. I don't know how she would have missed because she literally, like, shot him three times like boom 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 and then she walked way up close to him and went boom 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 so like she must have missed one of those uh ones back there i guess she like walks up she's like i send my regards yeah like yeah tell jesus i say hi (laughs) so they mentioned that no one will be able to prove that she did it like it's literally just off her mom's word that she did it and she specifically says that it would be a dead end investigation anyway but but then she's also like let me help you so i'm like why does she need help if it's going to be a dead end investigation she has motive and like Mm -hmm. there's like a paper trail he was brought in and she knows what his name is and like what he looks like so like i feel like if anyone not if anyone but like some intern could look at it and be like oh maybe we should bring her in for like this investigation yeah right yeah it would like save her from the investigation in the first place having a mark on her record Mm -hmm. and instead like it would be preferable if she didn't want to do that that she just leave yeah exactly remember jason mccormick found him in a parking lot just after three in the morning he was dead an hour before anyone saw him crime scene pulled a gun from the dumpster registration was filed off no prints, no witnesses. He was executed. Any idea who did it? Yeah, Anna, you did. This man confesses to shooting you in cold blood and you refused to ID him, so we had to cut him loose. A week later, he shows up with five bullets in his chest because someone shot him in cold blood. Guess I should get a lawyer. Look. We both know that this is going to be a dead-end investigation. But, Anna, if you did this, if you did this, you have to let me help you. Yeah, thanks, Mom. But I don't need your help. You don't want my help? You're going to have to get it from somewhere else. You're a police officer, Anna. If you don't respect me, at least respect that. And so if she doesn't respect her mom and she doesn't respect being a cop, why did she become a cop? I think she did before she was put through that amount of trauma. Gotcha. I think she respected the job and the job caused her like actual like grief, trauma, like tragedy. Yeah. I think she still respects the job because like her mom is like, if you don't respect me, at least respect the job. And she's like, I should respect this job. I shouldn't be a police officer. I did something wrong. So she hands her a badge. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's sad because she quits just when she got back into the force. Like she was waiting to get back into the force. Mm -hmm. And now she has to, and then she quits again, which is too bad. Well, I mean, I wonder if that says something about like her purpose in life. 
Mm-hmm. because she was so determined to get back into the force and now she's sort of like in a place where you know you're right maybe the job means so much to her that she knows that it's not her place to have it if she can be morally compromised the way she has been right anna has a new job she works at lax doing security at the end of her shift she heads to the bar she meets christian shepherd there who overshares about his life and invites her to come to hi- come with him to sydney christian talks about fate and they decide to use aliases so she's certainly qualified to work for airport security. Yeah. So that's good for her. I mean, I don't know who needs to hear this, but you are not obligated to talk to the creepy guy who starts talking to you in an airport and asks you to use a fake name. I genuinely thought it was so funny that, like, she's, like, sitting there, like, drinking her tequila and tonic, and then he's like, hey, sup, and she- her face changes from, like, mm. <laughs> she's like, oh, no. Yeah. And I'm like, that's relatable. Like, me, whenever any dude tries to hit on me, I'm Random like, old guy starts talking to you. Yeah, you're like, oh, my God, please stop. Yeah. I just don't have time for this today yeah. yeah and they're always like um well you know it, in my day people used to have conversations with each other and i'm like or it's just that you were forcing women into conversations because they couldn't say no safely i'm trying to watch tiktoks exactly. <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone my day is full yeah i don't know like i feel like if back in your day you were talking to strange females that didn't really want to have a conversation with you. I don't know if I want to be in that day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, agree. People used to be this and this and this back then. I'm like, okay, cool. But they're not like that now. (laughs) Yeah. I noticed that she knows the bartender by name. His name is Mike. She's a regular. Mm -hmm. So just saying. Sad implication there. She orders the same drink. True. Yeah. He knew what her like usual was. Yeah. So how does one get into wanting? One stops being a cop. What a coincidence. I just stopped being a doctor. Why'd you quit? I didn't. My son ratted me out for drinking on the job. Thank you. Lost my license. Hmm. Yeah, I know. It's hilarious. No, no. It's just that I don't believe that parents and their kids should work together. Too many issues. I'll drink to that. So where are you headed? Sydney. Sydney, Australia. Do you want to come? So we were having a conversation this morning on whether Christian was hitting on Anna Lucia or not. I I was inclined to say no just because I knew that he, he called her kiddo at some point which is what he calls jack and so i thought like that's definitely not what it was but then i looked it up and he actually doesn't call her that until the final scene so like their final scene together so he could be hitting on her right now i think the implication that we're supposed to like think is that he's hitting on her but in reality he sees her as more of like a younger like jack figure Mm -hmm. but you know a dude chats up a strange woman in a bar and asks her to run away with him i mean there's only so many things you can pull from that yeah uh christian has a wife her name's Margot. she's jack's mom and she seems to like really still be like on christian's side like for example in 105 in white rabbit she like says to jack that he has to go to sydney to get him back and it's like the least he could do because of like what he did or whatever you know so it's like i'm not sure why she's blaming jack for doing the right thing and getting his dad out of being a doctor because yeah. that was not safe. But well, yeah, I think some realities are hard to face. Yeah. I mean, but again, like, I think it's just something maybe we were meant to think. And that's just a theory. And yeah, we could, yeah. I could be completely off base here. Why does he keep confiding in random people in bars? 
because he is drunk and has no filter. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. He wants to talk to somebody and he's like, I can't really talk until I'm drunk, I guess. And seeing that one, I literally explained it all. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of information to give to a perfect stranger, sir. But you ever meet people who do that? Mm-hmm. Like people who just unload their entire life story on you. And I'm like, listen, I, I feel for you so much, but this is an elevator and I only have so much time before I have to get off it. Does that happen to you a lot? That It happens to me more than I'm comfortable with. <laughs> Um, back in July, when I was flying home from Edmonton to Vancouver, I first of all got stuck in Edmonton for like ever. And I eventually got on a flight to back to uh, Vancouver. And I was planning on just reading on the flight, uh, but I got sat next to this girl who, oh, yeah. who I had seen like around the gate and everything. And she was kind of the one of those, she looked like a London Tipton Paris Hilton type person. Okay. Yeah. Um, like she had like the long blonde hair that were obviously extensions and she had like the- An Instabatty basically. The lips yeah. and, and everything. And I, she was like talking on the phone to her boyfriend or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I mean- I know that type of person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I got sat next to her and I think she made like three jokes to me beforehand. And I was like, ha ha. Yeah, that's very funny or whatever. And I was like, pulled out my book. And then I just started like continuing to talk to her. And she like told me her entire life story Forgot about that. in on this plane. Yeah. And I, she has been through a lot. Robin got off the plane and told me this woman's entire life story again. She, man. Her life is like a TV show. Mm. Like her husband sucks and she's like gonna leave him. And then she has this boyfriend, but he lives in Greece. <laughs> Wait. Pl- Wait, she has a boyfriend, but she has a husband? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he because her husband sucks and has been cheating on her. So she was like, oh, I might as well cheat back. Yeah, so she got a boyfriend, and he, but he lives in Greece. So she's like, was asking me if she should go to Greece or not. Yeah, I too would ask a perfect stranger about my life plans. Yeah, so I had to give her advice on this thing that I know nothing about. Get divorced. <laughs> yeah. Then go meet up with your boyfriend in Greece. But maybe don't so meet up your bo- with your boyfriend because he dates people that are married. Exactly. Yeah. I, so I, um, we follow each other on Instagram and she's posting <laughs> pictures of her and her husband. And I'm like, I thought you were going to leave him. Wait, 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 wait. Story has so many turns. So, <laughs> you met this woman in an airport. You saw this woman in an airport. You made, like, you had ideas about her. Then she got sat next to you, and then you know her whole life story. Then you come home and tell Brittany, and then after that, you're friends with her on Instagram? No, it, it, I got, we... We landed on the plane. Then we we walked to the bathroom together. We went to the bathroom. Then we went and got our luggage. And then while we were waiting for our luggage, we followed each other on Instagram. And then I got in Brittany's car and told her her life story. <laughs> but she keeps posting pictures with her husband. And she's like, I love my husband. And I'm like, I thought you were going to leave him. Oh, Jen. No. Well, how's her boyfriend? <laughs> You're so invested in her story. I feel. I don't know. I haven't talked to her. I I have a picture with her though. See what I mean though? This kind of stuff just happens. We took a picture. Here I'll you know I'll send I'll send you a picture, Estra. Let's see if I can find it. My sister has this theory about people like people's lives and like everyone like has a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe your struggle in this life is to meet perfect strangers that will dump all of their emotional baggage on you. <laughs> I don't see why not. I think that makes perfect sense for you. Because you have such an open face. Yeah. Like, Thanks. Pe- I- like, people just want to talk to you. Like a like a sandwich. An open face sandwich. <laughs> oh, I found my picture. 
I'll send it to you. I, I have a- I'm sending it to you on Twitter. Okay. You have a what? I have a friend of mine. A lot of questions about why she's Muslim and why she wears a scarf and all of that jazz. And I, I like, for me, I just get a lot of pushy, um, pushy street people that want to sell me things. <laughs> like, you are a religious person and obviously you're lost. So I will hand you this Bible and so that you will understand Ugh. that, Ugh. like, I think it's just because they like see I'm religious and they're like, oh, you are already religious. I have an opening. And like, they're, yeah, you're uh, like, they're like, there's one. I got you. I'll, that one's an easy. <laughs> exactly. That's an easy sell. Did you get my picture? Yeah. She's pretty. Oh, yeah. She's. <laughs> she's, pretty. she's famous. She has so many followers. Yeah, she's really cute. It's because she's a professional, um, she's a professional uh, bodybuilder. Ooh. Oh, yeah. With really bad taste in men. Yeah. Yeah. I- and then she like, she would show me pictures of this boyfriend from Greece or whatever. And I'd be like, e-. she'd be like, isn't he handsome? And I'd be like, sure. Not my type, but okay. I mean, he's no Zac Efron. That's true. Well, he was like closer to present day Zac Efron, which I'm not interested in. Oh, but present day Zach Efron is such a babe. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm gay and I know this. No, HSM 3, 17 again. How old is he? Zach Efron. Zach Efron? Yeah. I don't know. Because I don't know. Like, I feel like I see people and I'm like, you are not my age. I, <laughs> like, I, I hear you guys, like, talk about Desmond and I'm, like, thinking, like, he is just, he is, like, at least twice my age. This is, like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Zac Efron is 32 years old. Yeah, uh, 12 years. And I'm sitting here like, oh yeah, he's only two years older than me. <laughs> like, he's 12 years older than me. I need to go have an existential crisis. Ah! I need to go have a crisis. He's only eight years older than me. Well, so you have a shot. I don't want a shot with present day to Zac Efron. Oh, okay. I only like HSM3, 17 again, Zac Efron. Okay. Okay. I don't know how to Okay. Okay. Anyway. This one off the rails fast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, um, Anna says that parents and their kids shouldn't work together, which, like, basically is probably the reason why they put Christian and Anna together is because they were like, y'all got similar stories. Yep, yep, yep. So, Christian keeps talking about faith. So, is he a man of faith or is he just using the word? I think he's just using the word. I don't think there's a faithful bone in that man's body. All right, go off. He just doesn't seem like someone who... I think he thinks he is a higher power. Mm. Explain that more. Well, I, I think that, like, what... Like, his sense of authority and the way he conducts himself... To me, I think he thinks he's something of a god. So, like, why believe in the intangible when he himself, like, this, the great Christian shepherd exists? I don't know. Right. But I could just be talking out my ass. (laughs) So, he says that he needs, like, a bodyguard because what he's doing is dangerous. But what he's doing is not that dangerous. He's literally just, like, going to a house and being like, knock, knock, let me in. Yeah, what he's doing is assaulting women. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Uh. (laughs) So, is is he gonna pay her or what? He does pay her. Did did he not say yeah. that like he what does he say? He I pay the mortgage on this house or something like that? No, I mean is he paying Anna Lucia oh. for coming to be his bodyguard? I mean he probably bought her ticket. You think? Is he paying for her You know what? That answers a question actually. Is he paying for her hotel room? Because one of my notes was that was that it looked at like a pretty expensive hotel room. Yeah. And he's got doctor money. Yeah, he's got doctor money. Okay. Well that makes sense then. Yeah. It's like a free vacation. Yeah. All right. And she's probably, he probably pay her on top of it. But uh, again, I don't entirely know what he needed her for. Right. Other than companionship, maybe. Yeah. 
I feel like that was probably it. I wonder how she explained to her boss, I'm going to Sydney. That was my that was my thing. Like, did she just quit? Probably. Did she just quit? Doesn't that seem like something that Anna would do though? She'd just be like, I'm out. Yeah. Interesting. She can't have had that job long enough to be able to take vacation. Exactly. Yeah. She probably just bounced on the spot. So they decide to go by Sarah and Tom. And I have thoughts on that in the spoiler section. But the main thought that I can say here is that it is not a coincidence that he chose that name. No. Like, like she says, you look like a Tom. But he doesn't, I don't, As long, if I'm remembering properly, he doesn't say, you look like a Sarah. No, he does not. Unless he goes, you look like a Sarah. He, bro, you did not think long enough. No. You chose Jack's ex-wife's name. Yeah. You Why? chose- you chose your ex-daughter-in-law. Why? Why? I, I I don't know. Like, I don't think he was flirting with her then. Because, like, that's not... Fair point. Yeah. That's not a relationship that he had with Sarah. So, you know. Like, I don't know. He's like, you are not an interest of me. I would just like to be around you and, like, I guess, can you help me? And, like, maybe take care of me because I want to be drunk and not think about my problems. There's some more information. Like, I mean, we all know that, like, when you get a flashback on this show, like, it could be at any point. So, yeah, like, maybe we, I mean, we get some more information on Christian and Sarah, but not, like, it doesn't. Not enough to explain this. Yeah, especially, like, not knowing any of that yet. What? <laughs> like, if you're just watching this for the first time, you're like, why would you choose that name? You know? Yeah. And then I was just talking about that ring again. I was like, she has the ring, but he's still talking to her. Doesn't care. So she goes, even though she's just learned that he's an alcoholic. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess she's like, okay, well, that's not a deal breaker. Yeah. Did she have any, any clothes packed? Probably not. Like, I just, why, okay, so why does she go? I will come to Australia with you if you buy me a ticket, get me a swanky hotel room, and buy me a bunch of new clothes. I mean, she does say that, like, she specifically was trying to get away from her mom. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a good deal. That's like a 16 hour, hmm? (laughs) maybe more, (laughs) 16 hour flight. Well, the one that they just did from, I think it was LA to Sydney, they did straight was seven. No, 27 hours. That was from like London to Sydney. Was it London to Sydney? Yeah, because it was like the longest because it's like full on just like around the world basically. Oh, okay. And London's like on the other side of- I can't stop thinking about how I would go insane in that plane. Oh, I would die. Yeah. I can't even- I don't want to- don't don't sign me up for that. I once went on a 17 hour flight to China and at around hour nine, I just lost my mind. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm just going to cry now. (laughs) At nearly four in the morning- Eh? Ah, that's the number. <laughs> Anna is in Australia and can't sleep. Christian knocks on the door. It's time to make some poor decision while super intoxicated. I did take a note that Anna did not pour a drink and she didn't drink anything. No, she didn't. Yeah. <gasps> Which is good because she's about to drive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Progress. Good point. So it's 3.51 a.m. I get it. That jet lag, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, like, after I had said, like, it looked like a really expensive room, but they also got separate rooms, which I think is important. Yes. So, like, even if... Christian hadn't planned on getting separate rooms, she would have, like, Anna Lucia would have been like, you better get me a separate room right now. 100%. Yeah. So there's actually a fun fact about this scene um, that they were mentioning on the Lost on Location for this episode. They had, like, a giant blue screen behind the window because, obviously, they're not actually in Sydney. And they had to flip the camera. Or they had had a second camera that they flipped to make the um, reflection in the window. Oh, my God. And then it was also shot on the 16th floor. Yeah, of a hotel. Uh-huh. And it was during a huge storm. In Hawaii? Ooh. Yeah, it was a huge storm on top of a hotel. And and they basically like had the windows open because they were like putting the blue screen out there. 
And I was like, someone could have died. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just weird because like you look at it and it's like so serene when it's like they would have had to fully every single thing. And ADR all of the blood. Yeah, exactly. It's such a mission to make any TV show. And then you find out like that goes extra into this one. You're like, oh, jeepers. Like, yeah. Right? Like even those numbers on top of the cop cars, like someone had to think through, okay, you know, let's leave this little Easter egg and just hope that maybe someone notices. Mm -hmm. So there's this thing that they do in the bloopers a lot is they have this one guy, he's the props guy. And he, they do this constantly where they're doing bloopers and he's just like there. So like he put on Anna Lucia's robe and Christian and opened the door to Christian, but it's the prop guy. That's cute. They do this all the time. If you watch the bloopers for Lost, it's always that same guy. (laughs) He's like, yeah, okay, I'm the one you put in drag. Yeah. What was Christian waiting for? Just to get drunk enough to go? Probably. Like, does he need the confidence? Maybe he was just procrastinating. Like, I have to do yeah. X and I I don't want to do X yet. And then he's yeah. like, I can do it. And then he backs down and then he's finally like, oh, I just, I got to do it now. Okay, I can do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's been four days. Oh, that's number. Since they got there. Um, and also mentions, uh, fate's calling is what he said. So he's, he's continuing using fate. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to point that out. Anna drives Christian to this woman's house. It's pouring rain. Christian goes up to the door and demands to see his daughter. The woman won't let him in. Christian begins to get violent. So Anna jumps out of the car and prevents any further damage. So the first thing in this scene is that they are, uh, playing Walking After Midnight, which is Kate's song. So is there any way that we can connect this to Kate? It's just really weird choice for them to make because like everyone knows that it's Kate's song and they would not have done that by accident but I don't know how we can connect this to Kate. Do you think at that time they were trying to play around with the idea that Jack and Kate were siblings or something? Uh, Right? (laughs) They've already kissed and they've already had this plot line. (laughs) Yeah either way either way it wouldn't have it wouldn't be this person because we know what Kate's mom looks like and she's also it's in Australia. Yeah so I have no idea, but I'm just really confused as to why they would make that decision because obviously that was not an accident. Yeah. So I guess I'm just like wondering what's up with that. And if anyone who's listening has an answer, I'd love to hear it. Thanks. Good. Just good questions. Uh, It's clearly a rental car, obviously, because you can't really take your car to Australia since it's a giant island. What? And they're driving on the other side of the road because that's how it'd be. Yeah. Uh, he walks right across their lawn, which is very rude. I mean, of all the rude things he did, that one's probably pretty minor. Yeah, I yeah. just saw it and I was like, dude, stick to the stick to the sidewalk, man. Get some help. Yeah. Um, the woman, she gets up pretty fast for it being 4 a.m. Like when he knocks on the door, she's like, hello? I'm like, uh, weren't you in bed? Oh, yeah. Oh. You don't have jet lag. Jet lag? Never heard of it. You live here. This is actually the when we get the reveal that he has a daughter. We do not currently have the reveal of who his daughter is, but we do know that he has one. So Jack has a half sibling out there somewhere in the world. Hmm. So they did lay in groundwork for this pretty yeah. early on. Yeah. Okay. And then he also mentions that he pays the mortgage. So how are you going to keep paying the mortgage if you lost your job? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. And does your wife know? Probably not. Yeah. If Jack didn't know. So they don't, like, that's, that's concerning. Like, if she doesn't know any of these financial things, doesn't know that he has a daughter apart from her. Like, that's not, like, that's not a tiny secret. And, like, the way that, like, she defends her husband and, like, gets mad at Jack, like, it, it's, like, their marriage is so odd to me. Yeah. I... Like, a mortgage is a lot of money also. Yeah. Especially in Australia. And, like, Christian doesn't seem like the type of guy to, like, manage their books. 
So, like, is Margot not wondering where all this money is going to? Damn, Margot, get it together. You know? I don't know. Margot. thinking about that. Be more suspicious. Yeah. That's my advice for Margot. Okay. Thanks. In the morning, Anna and Christian are driving down by the marina. Anna reveals her name to Christian, who doesn't return the favor. He explains his problems with Jack, and Anna notes how their stories are similar. Christian leaves to head into the bar, knocking into Sawyer. I just think it's funny that he knocked into Sawyer, to be honest with you. That's a really good moment. Yeah. I always like when Sawyer just, like, shows up in Australia. Like when Boone was at the police station. Oh, yeah. He does that a lot. Yeah, he's like all over the place. You're like, oh, uh, okay. It's he because he's easy. They can literally just be like, yeah. And then Sawyer's being belligerent in the background. Uh, sure. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So what was the point of her telling him her name? Ooh, <gasps> I answered my own question. Okay. So I was wondering if like him, he's like spiraling now, yeah. right? It's like almost to the point where he's he's basically going to show up dead within the next few days. Yeah. Right. So. She can tell that he's like kind of going downhill and she's the one who says like, we should just go back. We should just leave. Let's just go. And he says that he can't go back and he doesn't. And I was thinking maybe this is how she like learned to kind of talk people down as a cop. And I just thought one of the things that you learn about that is to immediately like um, personalize yourself. Right. You tell people your name. That's like one of the first things you say, Yeah, you make yourself uh, a person to them. Yeah. Okay. So I think that might be what she's doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like she did say like she doesn't like, or the implication is that she doesn't want to keep running. So it's like if she strips herself down to who she is and gives her name, then like she's one step closer to sort of be more authentic. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of thoughts about this conversation because like she... I think she asks who that woman was, which is the start mm-hmm. off to the conversation. And then he doesn't answer her. And so she gives him her name, which is like, I think she's saying like, we're, we're done here. Like that, like I can yeah. deal with you being drunk. I can deal with you like basically ignoring me for days. Like that's totally fine. But as soon as like you like try to break into this woman's house and essentially assault her, like, no, no, that's where I like draw the line we're done here Mm -hmm. like we're not messing around anymore and then she goes and she's like okay so what does he say let's like let's be pathetic together or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah and then so she says no twice like to accentuate her point like no i'm not going down this spiral with you and then after like she has her moment where she's like i'm done with this she goes and reaches out to him and asks him, like, please don't do this to yourself. I know that you're spiraling. I, like, I'm going to try to find my footing. And if you would like to come and be productive in, like, healing yourself also with me, that's totally fine with me. And come, let's do this together. Like, I want to lift you up. Like, I want you to come along with me. Like, I just, she, she's, like, so nice in this moment. And, like, to someone that's been so not only awful to her, but like awful to other people around her. It's just, mm-hmm. I just really like her. <laughs> so wonderful. I just had another spoiler thought <laughs> that I am going to now add to my thing. That's going to be relevant in like 10 minutes. Yeah, he says that he regrets what he did to Jack and they're both kind of like running away from something. And she's like, okay, but I'm done running. Like it's over now. Yeah, like she's ready to just kind of go home. Mm-hmm. The signs all had to be backwards because they couldn't they couldn't get any cars from that had the steering wheel on the other side. So the props department had to make all the signs backwards so they could flip everything. Whoa. <laughs> so you can tell because- she has like even her rings on the other hand, but she has like a mole on her face that's <laughs> on the wrong side. I never would have clocked that. Oh my god. That's real attention to detail. When Christian opens his car door, Sawyer runs into it and calls, I'm walking here. This is a famous quote from Midnight Cowboy from 1969. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. There you go. It's a fun fact for you. And then my last note for this uh, story or scene, sorry. Okay. It's just that he now finally calls her kiddo, which is what he calls Jack. So she's kind of, uh, oh, oh, can I say something? Ooh, I've got Ooh. something. They were equals, right? Yeah. He's like, we're in the same boat. We both are on the same page. We have similar stories. And now she's saying, no, we need to move on. We need to be better than this. And so now she's on the level of Jack. Yep. Who's telling him he needs to be better than this. Yep. And he doesn't want that. He doesn't want to be told the truth. Yeah. He wants to be indulged. Yeah. Nice. All right, last one. While Jack pleads with Chrissy in 105, Anna is listening in. She thinks of her mother and gives her a call. She regrets leaving and wants to come home. Teresa tells her that she'll be there when she lands. So we have footage from 105. And listening to Jack talk about his dad makes her think of her mom. Yeah, that one really hurt because, like, I think, like, I wish we'd gotten to explore more of the relationship between Anna and her mom because Mm -hmm. this show so rarely deals with, like, moms and this was a relationship that could have been repaired, Mm -hmm. I think, and instead, like, we never got to see them again, so. But, like, Christian was relating Anna to himself and then at the end of last scene, he relates Anna to Jack and Anna relates to Jack in this moment, which is why she calls her mom. Yeah. So, I think. That's interesting. She also knows that the man, she doesn't know that the man that Jack is talking about is the man that she spent a bunch of time with. Yeah. And she will never know. Oh yeah, because she's dead. And she didn't know his name. Like, um, like Sawyer knows Christian's name. It's interesting that Christian is willing to give Sawyer his name, but not Anna. Okay. Yeah. So- yeah, yeah, Anna literally can never know. Like, the the only people who would ever really know is maybe Jack mm-hmm. or Sawyer. Yeah, like, maybe. Sawyer Sawyer figures it out and tells Jack yeah. eventually. But, like... But uh, there's no way for Anna to ever know. No. Oh, that's so sad. Like, even if she had lived, there was no way for her to know. No. She didn't know enough about him. Exactly. Yeah. That sucks. Uh, but it has been a few days since she left him at that bar because Jack has to have the time to, like, fly over and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. She gets a call in the season one finale when we first meet her and she's with, she meets Jack. Their conversation ends with her getting a phone call. Yeah. And it is not the same phone call as this because she call, she's the one who calls her mom. Right, 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 right. Yeah. She also, I mean, obviously there was no way for them to know this, but she looks like she's in a much more chipper mood <laughs> in the season one finale True. than she is now. And I don't actually know when in the timeline this happens. Like, I wonder if, like, after she talks to her mom, then she gets to be in a better mood because she's friends with her mom again. Yeah. And then she goes to see Jack. Yeah. And then maybe her mom is calling her back or something. Like, I don't know. But either way, it's not the same phone call. Yep. Okay. But she says that she regrets leaving and she kind of does admit that she killed Jason. Yeah, in a very roundabout way. She yeah. absolutely does. Yeah. But like, it's information her mom already had. Yeah, exactly. And I think it says so much about her mom that her mom was like, okay, like, I'm willing to forgive you for this. Mm-hmm. Let's just rebuild our relationship. Yeah. And so she says that she wants to come home. I'm in Sydney. That's right. Australia. I... I don't know, I... I made a mistake, Mom. You knew, so I got as far away from you as I could. But now... I want to come home, Mom. Come 
I'm on Oceanic Fight 815. I'll be there when you land me, huh? And imagine that, and then Teresa never gets to see her again. But at least they had that kind of closure. At least they had that closure. Yeah. But it's really, I really love this moment where she says, I want to come home. And Teresa says, then come home. And you're in this moment where you're like, that's so wonderful. They fixed their relationship. It's great. And then Anna says, I'm on Oceanic Flight 815. And then you're like, ah, crap. You're like, oh, I forgot. (laughs) Yeah, like, I forgot that um, you will never reconcile. But that her mom will never know what happened to her. Yeah, like you're in that nice little bubble. And then you're like, oh, right. Yep, yep, yep. Shoot. And I thought that was kind of masterful, the way that they wrote that. Uh, She says that she would be there when she lands. And uh, unfortunately, she is not. I'm sad. Yeah. Um, So that's all that I had about this uh, episode, other than spoilers, of course. Um, Did you guys have anything else you want to add before we do segments? I really love that conversation. It's one of like, Mm -hmm. it's one of those conversations that I think the first time I watched it, I think I cried. Yeah. Especially when she calls her mom, mommy. Yes. Ouch. There was like just so much love there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it's time for segments. We're first starting with Best Line Award. My Best Line Award goes to Henry for... If you've come to apologize, I forgive you for hitting me with your crutch. I'm so glad my head didn't break it. This sarcastic little brat. <laughs> it's so good though. <laughs> yeah. Mine goes to Anna for... You guys go ahead. You sure? Give Sawyer my best. All right. We'll be back soon. Mm, winkity wink. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. She's so mean. Yeah. I love her so much. Mine goes to Libby for. Uh, Harley, this is our beach. There's Jim. Oh, <laughs> so embarrassing. Iconic. Uh, so now we're going to be doing Man of Science, Man of Faith, and the main character for this episode is Anna Lucia. Hmm. Oh, what is Anna Lucia? Hmm. I would say Man of Science. Tell me more. Just because. I mean, what does she really believe in? Mm-hmm. Herself. Yeah. You know, she she believes in, like, the plans that she hatches, I guess. But I think she relies more on science than on, like, faith or anything. Like, yeah. everything is very cut and dry for her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're doing Hurley's Walkman. Um, played in this episode was The Hard Way by Casey Chambers and Walking After Midnight by Patsy Cline. Uh, Sawyer's Book Corner, Bad Twin by Gary <laughs> Troop. Which doesn't really exist, but you can actually read it, so uh, you can. Uh, did they do the thing? The thing is when they say the episode title in the episode. They didn't actually do the thing, but there was a cut line that was going to do the thing. Uh, it was from the bar scene. Christian was going to say, I always have two drinks for the road because it's good luck and I don't want to crash. So he was going to have, it was going to do, they were going to do the thing. Okay. Okay. How many episodes since the last knockout? Oh no. Unfortunately, we're back at square one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alas. But how many episodes since the last time Jack, Jack explained anything? It's like three. Yeah. Three. I don't think yeah. that Jack, Jack explained anything today. He even was like a good guy today. And he apologized. Yeah. Congratulations, Jack. I'm actually quite proud of him. Yeah, it's true. Good job. He'll backslide soon. Yeah. <laughs> Does this episode pass the Bechdel test? Yes. Especially with that lovely scene between Anna and her mother at the end there. Woohoo! Yay. I'm just so happy about this. Sorry. <clears throat> All right. Stay tuned for a segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. I just wanted to let you guys know that due to the holiday season and the new year, there will not be a new episode 
uh, coming out at the beginning of January. So uh, the episode 221, which is question mark, the next episode will be coming out at the beginning of February. So thank you guys so much for listening and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you to the creators and community at Lostpedia. If you are so inclined, please leave us a review on iTunes. We like those. And also we have a survey that you can fill out where you can kind of tell us like, what you like about the pod, what you think we could work on. So fill that out. It's always in the description box. Mm -hmm. If you're a fan of The 100, you like to talk about that show too. We did seasons four, five, six, and we will be doing the final season, which is seven. And then we're going to be going back and doing the first three. I guess. I guess. (laughs) If you're a fan of Riverdale, we genuinely like to talk about that show too. Oh, indeed. Um, We are on season four now. Unbelievably. Four. Oh boy. That's a lot of content. Four seasons of Archie but make it murder. Yeah, and four seasons of us talking about Archie but make it murder. It's fun. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. Uh, we did a long form podcast for season one, and we did a short form uh, spoiler free as we were watching a uh, long podcast for season three. And coming in 2020, like throughout 2020, yeah. we will be doing uh, season two. And I mean, like every six weeks as it, so it's going to take the whole year. Yeah. I did it on purpose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and speaking of 2020, in 2020, we will be doing a Star Trek Picard podcast because I want to. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically, that's basically the sum of it. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, you can follow at the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Repable, YouTube, mostly Twitter, but I do post gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. And I would really appreciate it if you supported me. <laughs> Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you become a patron before the end of the year, you'll get a postcard. Yeah. Or if you send us a one-time donation of $5 Canadian or more, hit me up for information on that. It's also on our Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We will also send you a postcard. Just put in the little note, happy anniversary, so we know that you want a postcard, and your address, your mailing address, so we can send it to you. And yeah, the $5 is basically um, to cover how much it costs to mail stuff in this country. Yeah. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Isra, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) I'm glad you had fun. We really appreciated all of your very smart thoughts. Thank you. Yeah. Can you tell us one more time where we can find you? I'm at Isra Glass. It's like Ira Glass, but with an R. (laughs) (laughs) There's also some sort of S in there. (laughs) Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) 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 You can find it in the description also. (laughs) That was really cute. (laughs) And join us for our next episode, which is 221 question mark. It's just literally just just a question mark. (laughs) Like, okay. Yeah. And we're going to be having our friend Casey, who is at Casey Wall on for that. You guys might remember her from the uh, mid-season, what do we call it? Round table. (laughs) What are we going? Mid season roundtable. Uh, yeah, we'll be having her back. When we had her on the mid season roundtable, she'd only seen up to season three. She's finished now, so it'll be super fun to have her. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be great. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Spoilers. Spoilers. Gonna talk spoilers. Yay. Yay it's spoiler time. Oh my God. I always feel like when it gets to spoiler time, like you can like stop holding your breath. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, okay. So let's talk about what a piece of shit Ben is. Yeah. <laughs> God, like, what is he even doing? I don't understand. Like, what is his plan? What was the end game there? Mm-hmm. I just, ugh. I'm just, conf- I'm also confused because he says like, oh, my mission was to, um, to bring you back. And like, eventually Locke does kind of like join the others. Like he even like kills, or not necessarily kills, but gets his own father killed. Um okay. So that he can join the others and like be the new leader of the others or whatever. So it's like, how much of what Ben said was rooted in truth? Like, yep. I don't know. Yep.
But um, let's start with any spoilers that we have about the Hurley storyline. Let me try and find some. Oh, um, did Hurley and Saeed ever go watch Say Anything after they got off the island? I'm going to say yes. Because they were the Ocean. They were both in the Oceanic Six. Yes, so. they went and watched Say Anything and Nadia was there and it was great. That sounds awesome. I think that should be true. That's literally all I had about the Hurley <laughs> storyline. Uh, other than the fact that I'm sorry, Libby. Yeah, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And so we never find out how, like, what she was doing in the institution. We get some stuff in season six, but it's part of the flash sideways, so you don't really know if that's actually what happened in the actual canon or not. I, uh, I, I always question the flash sideways, because it's like, is this, it's not, I know when I was first watching it, I genuinely thought it was an alternate universe where, like, yeah. the bomb went off, and then the whole, like, whole universe got shifted, and, like, everything was slightly different and for some reason some characters like slightly omniscient and that's why they could remember the previous timeline that's what i thought yeah. originally but like yeah yeah what 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 is this it like it just i really wish Libby had a longer storyline mm-hmm. and one of the things that i was writing down in the middle of the episode was that um I remembered that Libby, like, remembers in the Flash sideways, but Anna specifically doesn't. Like, they see her in the Flash sideways, but I think Hurley, or it could have been Desmond, Hurley or Desmond says that she's not ready yet, like, to move on with them, because it's it's some sort of afterlife is basically what the Flash sideways is. So, So what makes everyone else who is there ready to move on, but Anna not ready to move on? Is it because she's still a cop at that time? And, like, she needs to move past that like i don't know i don't know is she still like punishing herself for like yeah the things that she thinks she did wrong i don't know like the the thing that we see her doing is basically like taking a bribe from hurley who has a bajillion dollars to let desmond kate and saeed go out of like jail or whatever i think she has to straighten her moral compass back up yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Okay, sure. So Henry, ooh, I can say Ben now. Ooh, exciting. Ben, like, attacks Ana Lucia and basically says that it's because she killed two of them. Is he really that upset about Goodwin? No. Because I don't think he likes he Goodwin. He didn't even like Goodwin. He, he hated him. Hated Goodwin. He yeah. He was pissed off that Goodwin so. was with Juliet. I'm like, you're full of shit. You didn't like Goodwin, and you're no good filthy liar. Yeah, exactly. I noticed that Locke was, like, looking at the- Before he went to go and talk to Henry, Ben- I'm trying to, I'm in a... You go ahead, Benry. Locke was looking at the blast doors, which was foreshadowing. It's like past shadowing because of the lockdown, but also foreshadowing because they need to use them for the season two finale. Yep, yep. yep. He mentions the man in charge again. Uh, The new man in charge is the name of the epilogue. And do you think he's talking about himself or Jacob? I thought it was himself. I thought he was talking about himself. It's just, yeah, the way he talks about, like, I just kind of like thought he was kind of like making up somebody who was like kind of like himself, but but wasn't himself because I don't know, just the way he talked about it was that he didn't really like the person that was in charge, I guess. I guess. Maybe he thinks about himself that way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cause like when he talked, talked to himself about like, he was like something about they were great or something. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you would, you know, yeah. like he would refer to himself that way. I guess. Uh, I don't know. I got a weird feeling about it. Anna tells him not to tell anybody. Uh, Anna tells Sawyer not to tell anybody about their like little tryst they did. And Sawyer ends up telling Jack after she passed away. And Jack says, why are you telling me this? And Sawyer says, you're about the closest thing I have to a friend, Doc. That hurts. Ouch. 
I, I think they are friends after that, aren't they? They're yeah. some sort of friends. Yeah. Like, there's a weird thing going on there. But I definitely think that they appreciate each other. Mutual respect, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So I, I think that Michael truly does believe that the others are living the way that he thinks they are. Like, yeah, he, I he think, think he believes that, but it's not true. It's not true. But he he, he does truly believe that. And and he did actually see Walt. Like, he says that he didn't, but he, he did. Yeah. Oh, I forgot mm. about that. But my question yeah. was whether he'd actually seen the other others, you know, the, the temple others. No, I don't no. think anybody ever really sees the temple others okay uh anna's one of the people who moves on who doesn't move on okay good the other thing about crime and punishment in meet kevin johnson michael goes to a pawn shop to trade a rolex watch in crime and punishment the main protagonist rodeon exchanges his dead father's watch for a loan by a pawnbroker. So that's another like little thing that they added in there. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and then the last thing I had about this storyline was just that Libby is one of the people that the Oceanic Six say lived. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, And not Anna. So like the reason why like Hurley meets Anna's partner and he right. says, did you know Anna? And Hurley says no, because Anna wasn't the one of the people that the Oceanic Six say lived. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. So he has to say that he that she died and he never knew her. I hope at some point they know the truth. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the flashbacks, there was a fun fact on uh, Lostpedia about this. This episode marks the first appearance of Gabrielle Fitzpatrick, who plays Lindsay Littleton. Uh, Lindsay and Christian's link to Claire will not be established until Paravion in season three. Man, that plot twist, like, for the record, like, the whole Claire's Jack's half-sister thing, mm-hmm. I never liked. I, I do. never will. I, I never- I thought it was too convenient, and it was, like, it was too soap opera-y for me. They talked okay. about it, like, twice, I think. Yeah, yeah, they, like, they planted the seeds, though. No, they did, and I respect how they did it, and, like, I think they did, like, a good job with it. I just personally don't like it. Oh. You know? I do. Okay. Mm, I don't know. I kind of feel mad about it. <laughs> it's just- yeah. A plot line that exists. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Christian and Anna Lucia both refer to each other as Sarah and Tom. Sarah and Tom are the names of both of both of Christian's children's significant others. Sarah is Jack's former wife and Tom is the father of Claire's baby. That's weird. Yeah. That's super weird. But I mean, Tom was a coincidence. And yeah, like Tom was an accident. But Sarah was not. So like, we can talk about Sarah and Christian in 301, which is when we learn that basically like Jack kind of almost thinks that Christian is having an affair with Sarah, but I think they're just like talking. I think they're both just concerned about Jack and she's like, hey, I can't be around him. They talk like about Jack. Can you deal with your son? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, uh, they can be friends without anything being weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd probably have a relationship with your father-in-law. Probably. I mean. Yep. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is Claire's aunt, uh, Lindsay. Like you think you're supposed to think it's her mom. Oh, right, right, right. But it's not her mom. Also, Claire doesn't even live there. Like Christian, she's an adult. Oh, yeah. Oh. What is he even? I want to see my daughter. Um, Then look her up. Yeah, she doesn't live here. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. What an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> he attacked the wrong person. She's like, she's like, no, you can't see her. He's like, I pay the mortgage on this house. She's like, yeah, and thanks. Well, yeah, thanks. She doesn't live here. So you're basically just bankrolling me. Thanks, though. So he pays the mortgage on that house. Plus all of Claire's mom's medical bills. Plus, mm-hmm. like, it can are doctors that rich? Like, how much money does he make? Is he he must pay his own mortgage? And well, like, like, there's he's he's a brain surgeon, so a no, lot. there is he a brain surgeon? Oh, brain surgeon, spinal surgeon? What is Jack's he? a spinal surgeon? What what's Christian? Oh, he's the head of surgery. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the head of surgery. He's got so money. 
Oof. Yeah, there's like there's family doctors and there's head of surgery. So I think he does have all that money. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Money is a thing. <sighs> Some thing that I wish I had more of. <laughs> Same. Mm-hmm. Yep. student yep. loans same mm. big mood uh those those that's all i had for the whole episode yeah mm, i don't think i had any more thoughts no okay great well isra thank you so much for coming on thanks so much for having me i had so much fun <laughs> and one more time your twitter is uh i am at isra glass I-S-R-A-G-L-A-S-S. There it is. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I okay? I don't know. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And we together are at The Aficionados in a lot of different places. And it's our anniversary! Yes, we're in the day we're recording this. It's our three-year anniversary of being a podcast network. Happy anniversary, friend. Hey, happy anniversary, Brittany. <laughs> been nice to spend three hours doing this with you yes thank you thank you so much i, I feel the same way yeah All Israel, right. thank you for being here i had a great time <laughs> i don't want to like butt in on your moment no it was yeah. cute <laughs> and our patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados if you have your spare dollar we would really appreciate it because this is expensive yeah and it's december 6th the day this comes out you have a month left to uh get those uh donations in so you can get one of those heckin cool postcards they look great the yeah. accent jumped out we're all Canadian here. It's true. This is a safe Canadian space. Yeah. Canadia. <laughs> okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Don't you want my phone number? <laughs>